All right, Trails Collective World. Uh, good to be back with you here. Uh, New Year 2023 uh, for uh, all of you out there. Um, hopefully you had a good holiday window. Hopefully you're getting some nice quality uh, snow miles in and uh, looking forward to some solid adventure for 2023. Um, for any of you who may be catching this live on the um, on the live stream, feel free to uh, drop in any questions or comments. I think more of you will catch it after the fact in uh, podcast form, uh, but I appreciate uh, anybody joining us who's out there. Um, so the point of the uh, Trails Collective Live episodes is to really just weave in a number of uh, live, or a number of voices rather from the trail running community. Uh, focus in on the Northeast, uh, bringing you voices and stories and entities, which maybe too often don't get uh, coverage uh, in a media landscape that tends to still be, I think, uh, centered around, uh, I suppose, Rockies and uh, California and Mountain West uh, or Northwest. Um, so it is good to weave in uh, voices from uh, races, event directors, uh, trail work crews, clubs, uh, what have you, and to really uh, bring us, I think, closer together as a community. Uh, as I've mentioned, I feel like uh, too much uh, in our world and communities and politics uh, devise this, um, anymore. And, uh, for me, at least trail running has been, um, a method to bring us back together, uh, break down some of those boundaries, some of those lines and just enjoy our time together, uh, and just share that time and experience. And so, uh, my hope is to celebrate that with the, uh, trails collective, uh, as well as here with the uh, live episodes. Uh, so I didn't get to, to dig in, uh, to see whether there's been anything going on these past uh, few weeks on the like FKT front. I know a couple uh, races, uh, have run, uh, but a relatively quieter time of year. Um, I did poke around just real quick to see if there's any coming up that are, uh, registrations are live that are about to sell out, uh, which you could get on. So if you're looking in, uh, for races and haven't pulled the trigger yet, uh, some that are coming up, uh, Boulder beast, uh, running September 23rd, 2023, it's a ways off. 24 mile or 25 K, uh, down in lock Haven PA that is 98% full. So now would be the time to pull the trigger. If you're going to, uh, fire on the rocks, uh, 96%, uh, that is running, uh, March 18th. That's coming up, uh, a 10 K, uh, but that would be uh, one to get on now as well. Uh, Cayuga trails, uh, an event that I put on here in, uh, Ithaca, uh, it's, uh, started a couple different distances, but at the moment it's 50 mile or 50 K, uh, our guest here of the night uh, to start, Geisler, is in that mix, which uh, it's always good to have him back. Uh, it is 96% full. Um, it got a little bit closer, but I bumped up our cap a little bit. Uh, generally, with events, my kind of sweet spot is around 400. And if these uh, races are, are getting too close, I kind of try to cap them off. Uh, I feel like in some cases, the events got, get much bigger than that. It just changes the nature uh, of the event and the feel and the community and and so we're kind of getting up on that sweet spot. But if you want to join us on Cayuga Trails, uh, for sure, join us. Uh, now would be the time to register. Uh, the New Jersey Devil 100 miler, Tuckerton, New Jersey, running April 22nd is 95% full, uh, 100 mile distance. The uh, Mid-Maryland Trail Festival 50K and 50K Relay in Elkridge uh, is 92% full. Uh, so they would be the ones that are on the morning track. Uh, Tuckahoe 25K uh, is approaching at 89%. And um, so, uh, yeah, again, now would be the time to get on those. Let me see. Actually, let's see if there's any others, at least in the Northeast. Grayson Highlands, um, a beautiful, beautiful course uh, down in Mouth of Wilson, Virginia. That's running May 6th. 
Uh, I was potentially going to try to get in that mix this year, but it's the same day and weekend as Breakneck Point. Uh, that is 99% full, uh, as well as the uh, 50K and half marathon and eight miler, several distances there. Um, I think the numbers, he toggles the numbers there, I think a little bit uh, based on driving demand and capacity. Uh, so that may, uh, field size may expand a little bit, uh, but if Grayson Highlands is not on your radar, put it on your radar because it's a beautiful course. And now would be the time to uh, get on that. Uh, he also directs uh, Quest for the Crest, 50K, 25K, 10K, uh, Burnsville, North Carolina. Uh, that is running May 21st. Uh, that is also at 99% uh, full. Uh, so get on those, check those out. Uh, let's see what else is coming up. There's, uh, oh man, this time of year, uh, start of February, uh, Frozen Snot is coming up, uh, I think in the next couple weeks, I believe that might be a, a, a Valentine's Day uh, event uh, weekend or something to that effect, uh, but a pretty awesome race uh, in PA, really wonderful community, really burly course, uh, particularly uh, just given the, the conditions that you might get uh, that weekend. Uh, I think that fills up pretty quickly when it opens, uh, but that is coming up. Uh, I guess nationwide, one on the radar would be Black Canyon coming up for 100K. Uh, it being a hundred uh, or a golden ticket race for Western states, that for sure gets a lot of uh, action, at least on the front end. And there's a decent crew of Beast Coasters that are heading out there in the, ch the chase or that uh, hunt for the golden ticket. Uh, so that's coming up as well, I think, next weekend. Um, so that's a little bit of what was on my uh, radar. Also been... Uh, just a lot of prep work for my races coming up this year. Breakneck Point, uh, we've reached our cap. We're well down into our uh, wait list. We've expanded it this year. I'm looking for offsite uh, or neighborhood parking rather, but still trying to be mindful of not letting it grow too quickly. Um, it's the U.S. Uh, trail uh, championship, uh, trail marathon championship this year for the marathon distance and the half marathon. It's the Salmon Golden Trail Series. Uh, so both have a little bit of hype in their own uh, right. Uh, should be pretty exciting to at least see that uh, shake out on the front end. And we've got a pretty national field uh, that's taking shape right now. Uh, some of the uh, best mountain technical uh, runners uh, in the east, uh, particularly the northeast uh, in the mix, either 21K or 42K. We have prior record holders. And then we also have uh, people coming in from uh, across the country. We've got, I think, a couple from Alaska. We've got a bunch from uh, Colorado, some from uh, Eugene, uh, coming in, uh, all vying for a slot for the national team. Um, and I'm going to try to tweak the format this year for it and overlay the half marathon and the marathon courses identically, uh, common start time and give people the opportunity to, uh, race both. Uh, so even those that are racing, uh, for the, uh, marathon title and team slot, uh, I'm still going to award them an official finish for the half if they come through. And so they can still go for a uh, golden tick or, uh, Golden Trail Series uh, standing as well. And so hopefully that introduces some fun uh, and fast racing and um, kind of logistics up front. So, all right. So without further ado, though, I am going to uh, weave in uh, John Giesler. For those who do not know John, uh, you just haven't been, uh, you haven't been racing enough because, well, the man, man kind of races uh, a little bit. Uh, and let's see, let me get to... All right, so uh, Geesler is coming into us for, uh, coming to us from St. Johnsonville, Johnsville, Johnsonville, Johnsville, St. Johnsville, Johnsville, <clears throat> St. Johnsville, uh, yeah. New York, and that's a bit uh, is that a little bit west of Albany? Yeah, it's in between Albany and Syracuse, Utica, okay. in between yep. thirty miles east of Utica. So making making it uh, fairly easy to hit some of your uh, favorites. I mean, I guess you got a pretty amazing 
uh, opportunity in terms of uh, events and running, whether you're hitting the uh, Catskills uh, just a bit off, Adirondacks to the north, uh, you've got Finger Lakes, you're kind of surrounded by it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I got my start really trail running in the Finger Lakes area, Joe Davies, uh, uh, all, all the Finger Lakes trails that used to go on back in the back in the day. Uh, and so I don't know if I, I knew that that history. I think I think I've always just been aware that um, people that have been in the scene long enough, pretty much everybody knows Geisler. Uh, but in terms of kind of where uh, the roots were, yeah, I didn't know you went back to the uh, the Monster Marathon and the Virgil Virgil days oh, yeah. early on. Yeah, well, when I did Virgil Crest uh, this la last year there, yep, I come down through the one trail and I looked and I said, "Whoa, it's a boiler." I remember yeah. after the Monster Marathon. Uh huh. It was yeah. I just, ah, I've been on this trail. <laughs> you have great. Yeah, dude. And then for those who haven't run this, just this um, a couple. Uh, actually, it's about a mile up from um, the end of what's called. Uh, well, it's the end of a dead end road at this point. It was a bridge that washed out uh, years ago. Uh, but you get up there, and like a mile up, you run into this really crazy just boiler, like up there uh, in the woods. From and at one point, oh, yeah, I think. We... Yeah, they used to have a monster uh, dressed up that would hang out in there when you're going through running and would just come out and try to give everybody a scare. Yep. So, That's solid. And uh, actually, and as you were running Virgil, I think it was actually this, yeah, last year, um, Joe Davies was actually out there with a crew uh, hiking. You may not have oh, I didn't uh, see him. lucked out to cross paths, but. I haven't seen him in ages. Yeah, I'm either, but definitely for sure. I mean, you guys go back. So for those not familiar, so in terms of the first official finish for you, John, in Ultra Sign, if it was, I think it was maybe Vermont in 91, was that your first kind of? No, my well, my first Ultra would have been uh, the DeVos, DeFosco uh, Golden Horseshoe. It's a 50 miler that was up in Canada. Uh, a road race, it was. That was my first uh, Ultra. Because uh, I thought, I read about it, I thought 100 miles seems a little crazy, but 50 miles, eh, you know, worth a shot. So I went up, ran it. When I was done, I figured, well, you know, I've hurt worse than this after marathon. So I signed up for Vermont. And uh, I mean, at the time, Vermont was one of 700 mile races in the country. So uh, things have changed. <laughs> They have changed. I think the first year that I put on what's now Virgil Crest uh, started the first two years as Iroquois. It had some connection to some of the original uh, trails used by um, some of the native communities. Uh, I had to bump the course and I lost that association. But I think the the first year, at least, I think we were maybe like the 20th or the 22nd, I think 100 in the country. And we we're kind of part of that boom to come. And now it's just, I mean, the, oh. the ex explosion has been wild. Yeah, you can't, uh, I mean, you can't turn around, but there's a hundred miler out there. It's, uh, which is, which is great. Although some, you know, some of the, uh, intimacy of the altar running is lost, but, uh, but it's, it's grown so, so much over the years. It's just hard to believe and it's all good. It's all good. More opportunities. And let's, let's actually, maybe let's just start. So for those, 
So what, what year was that Canada race? What, when was your 50 mile? Like when was that segue into Ultra? 1990. Okay. So around that time frame, and, and you were doing some road marathons before that you were like a 240 marathon or give or take, or what's your uh, marathon PR? I would say I would be a, like, I was a 250 marathoner. My, my PR is 244. Okay. So, you know, not super fast, but not slow, you know, in there, you know. And what, so when, let's say that if your memory serves you well at this point, so jumping into that first 50 miler, uh, what was the, what was the course like? Was it a fairly non-technical, fairly fast course? Was it rugged? Oh what yeah. Was it? It, it was, uh, well, actually great things happened there. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it was flat course and, uh, now let me think of the guy's name, but he ran a sub five hour marathon. I mean, I think he was like 454. Not marathon, uh, the 50 miler. Oh, 50 miler. Uh, oh, wow. 454. Uh, okay. Uh, it's a big name from back then. Uh, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. That's it'll come to you in a minute. But, uh, he was, uh, there was two, uh, big names in there. There, there was him and there was, uh, a guy from England originally. And, you know, of course, uh, I can't, uh, Nothing comes into my head while I'm in the moment. Yeah. While I'm thinking about it. But uh, I was around for several pretty big uh, races at uh, one time or another where, you know, it's, it was just an honor to be in the, in the same races when some of these uh, things happened. So a sub five hour, 50 miler at that point. And so speaking to the course, it was a pretty runnable course, pretty runnable trail. Oh, yeah. Fast. Yeah. Yeah, very, very fast. Uh, I mean, I knew nothing about the ultras. Uh, when I got up into the 30-mile range beyond that, I started to bonk a little bit, and uh, so I had a drink of water, and that helped because I, you know, eaten. Well, I think I had a half a banana during the course of the race, which was something I've never done before is eating during a race. So, uh, you know, you, you learn. Uh, and I was not, well, I, I've never been very technically involved. So, uh, I had to learn as I went go. So, uh, yeah, eating, eating helps in ultras, uh, and, and drinking. So, so then back there in the day in that race in the 50 miler in 1990, then, I mean, were you just, were there other aid stations out there that you were just kind of blowing by, just not stopping for anything or was it just not the culture? Yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's like, uh, okay, I was doing Boston Marathon every year, and they had Gatorade at their aid stations, and whenever I would come up through there, I would go to the other side of the road because I just couldn't stand the smell. Uh, I wanted nothing to do with that. So, uh, you know, you just run the marathon, worry about eating and drinking later. So, uh, I say, I, I, you know, I was kind of green. So back then, did that speak to just the Boston experience with the Gatorade experience? Did it speak to, at that point, you were just running hard and anything would have just turned your stomach? Or is there something about, and this will get into this, well, can, or is it just something that was sweet with the Gatorade? The sweet smell, you know, I wouldn't have minded water sometimes. It, you know, I, I, I couldn't mind water once in a while and on hot days, but but the sweet smell is, is terrible. I mean, <sighs> when, I sound, when I signed up for uh, Vermont, this would have been their third year of having the race. And uh, 
they told you you have to drink these uh, sports drinks. And, well, Gatorade, I think, was, you know, I'm not sure if Conquest was around yet, there, but uh, there wasn't many out there. So I, so I bought some Gatorade and forced myself to learn to drink it. And uh, well, it, after a while, I got used to it, and so I could tolerate it. But, uh, but actually, uh, when I go to Vermont now, I very seldom drink their sports drink now. Cause, uh, but, uh, but at the time, it was they said it was mandatory. You wouldn't be able to finish without it. So. Uh, and so for those who don't know uh, John and how what he's done then since the segueing there in 1990, uh, at least just looking at uh, ultra sign up, uh, what you've got at least probably 200. Do you, I mean, you don't really keep a log. You don't keep training. We'll get into this stuff. But do you track like how many like event finishes you have or you don't even it doesn't even matter. That's just like the stats I, out there. The stats yeah, out there, actually, but. I I have a listing of my ultras. I, I wrote down whenever I did an ultra, I wrote them down. And uh, pretty much now you don't, you almost don't have to because that there's a last year at across the years, a French guy told me about the German website DUV. Huh. Uh, and they keep track of everybody's ultras. I don't, I don't know if you know that I site. No, no. Nope. Oh, well, I, uh, well, afterwards or whatever, I'll send you, I'll send you the link for it or whatever, but they keep track of everybody's ultras. Way back into the 1800s. It's a, it's really a great site, uh, and like the site, the there are different segments on it, and the one segment that he gave me, it adds up your cumulative ultra race miles, and uh, on the list I'm number 23 for uh, for most ultra race miles. Nice. Which. I thought it was pretty, pretty high. I didn't expect to be that high. So uh, it's a nice site. I'm impressed with it. But they keep track of everything. I mean, your, your smallest races, they're on there. Uh, when I did your race shortly thereafter, it was on. Man, that's a massive amount of uh, data harvest oh, yeah. to be plugging in, especially because now you're going back to – uh era where it was just printed and there wasn't anything digital out there in some cases you still can't find that unless you're specifically looking for the printed uh history or whatever yeah i mean uh you have uh davy crockett uh you've seen his yep. website yeah great he keeps track of a lot of things uh actually i learned my 100 mile pr when i read his site <laughs> i didn't know what it was until i read his site it was a little faster than i thought uh, on a 24 hour split, but, uh, you, and then you have, uh, you have other people who keep track of a lot of things before ultra running magazine. Uh, there was, well, I'm going to lose the names again cause I'm never remember the names. Uh, but the guy who had a yearly roundup of the, all the ultra races, uh, if you name his name, I'll, say yeah that's right uh, uh it wasn't stan jensen's early thing or no 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 this is way before him mm. uh now oh what's his name i, I was in a 48 hour race with him last last fall uh down in new jersey uh 
Yeah, man, that I can come up with too. But there's another guy who helps him keep track of it. And they have they have other lists that they keep track of. The longevity list between your first 100 miler and your last 100 miler that you've done. Who's got, you know, they, uh, they have a list for anybody who's been doing 100 milers for 30 years. And uh, while I was at across the years, uh, I was with a few people. They were number seven, eight, and nine on that list. And so they wanted a picture together and they put me in it too because I'm on the list, but well down, not anywhere near they are for longevity because I'm only like early 30 years and they're probably like 40 years. And is that so, international guys or some from the U.S.? or? Uh, these were all U.S. people. Huh. Uh, but, uh, oh God, you know, So I hate to hit a pause because if I sat there and thought about it, I'd come up with the name. Yeah, again, if it comes back to you, just kind of spit it out. But so so the one at least DUV site uh, tracked overall miles where you're 23rd. Do you have do you know how many races like how many ultras you've yeah, I just I don't even know if we necessarily refer to it as races. Right. I mean, because some of us, I guess, will do long efforts of not necessarily a race. But do you know how many like kind of formal ultras? Oh, you well, Yeah, they only they only keep track of the races. Yeah. OK, so if you go off and do long runs. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't that, make their list. That doesn't get counted, which I don't write them down or keep track of them either. So how many, how many ultras, uh, do you have under your belt since 1990? Do you know? Uh, I don't know. I think it's something like 180 or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. I it's think a, it's nothing, nothing too astounding, but although, uh, well, that's pretty astounding. I mean, if you're comparing yourself to that handful of, you know, guides from across the years, all right, well, yeah. you're talking about the upper, upper echelon or whatever, but like, that's pretty incredible. And I think when I looked at ultra sign up, there was maybe like, you may have had like 188, I think, re recorded results in there. So I'm guessing it's probably even more than that, that they're not capturing necessarily all of them. Oh, dude, yeah. There's, like, that's a lot. There are some that, that weren't on. Like the, the DUV site, while I was down talking to the, the guys down there, there's a guy who helps uh, update it, anything that's missed. So I went through and I found a handful of uh, my early ultras that were missed, which included well, the 50 miler, so that'll make it 1990 yep. instead of 91 that I started. And also it includes uh, Run for Hope, which was from Lake Placid to Elizabethtown, a 50K. And uh, so that'll give me a better P PR for the 50K because that was like three hours and 14 minutes for my best one. So, uh, but I sent him that and so he will be updating the DUV site and uh now Davy Crockett while I was talking with him at across the years before he didn't realize I'd done more than 100 100 milers at the time yep so I'm on that list uh I've got maybe just over 130 100 mile or longer races I've done so and of those, it hasn't been necessarily a hundred unique, right? Because I mean, you go like what Vermont? You're a third. How many? Thirty? Thirty Vermont finishes? Oh no, twenty-eight. Uh, Where are you? Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Yeah, because they, uh, the first two, they've 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 had uh, what thirty-two of them. The first two, I wasn't an ultra runner, and then there was two I missed because I was in the uh, world championship, twenty-four hour world championships over in Europe. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, Kind of had to miss Vermont for that. That was kind of a big deal. 
to go over there and you know, kind represent of. the US. <laughs> and so you've been all right, so uh probably over or at least somewhere around 200 ultras, uh around 130, 100 mile finishes, uh represented the US, I think three times. Uh, uh no, I think five times. Five times. I think I think it's five times that I've gone over and represented. Five times, still holding a 48 hour record, I believe, for at least no, 40 to 44. I'm number three on the list now. Aren't you eight? Don't you still have an age group kind of slot on there, though? Ah, possible. I think I, I just know. looked, and I think you still, yeah. I mean, you, you don't have the top 48-hour record, but I think No, still... no, because, uh, well, see, when I went after the 48-hour record, I told Roy Perung, who had it, because he, he was on the 24-hour team with me, and, uh, and I told him I was going after it. And eventually I got it down across the years. So then after I had it a while, uh, Phil McCarthy, who was a teammate of mine on the 24 hours later, said he wanted to go for it. So I gave him tips and advice on how to go after it. And eventually he got it. And now since then, uh, it's been taken from him. So, so uh, which is all good. You know, that's what records are for. You made know, for? They're, they're made to be broken. So, uh, uh, yeah, I used to have a few records. Most of them are gone now, but, uh, and I don't really anticipate getting any more at this point, <laughs> but, uh, well, but, you dude, know, I don't know. Well, I mean, you still got the, uh, yeah. So when I'm looking at it, there's still a 48 hour record, 40 to 44. Um, you at age 43, Dallas, Texas, um, November 29th, 2002, um, and the respective meters of 372,140 meters. There you are. Yeah. See, that was my first attempt, and I was I was going pretty good. I, I mean, uh, I hit 24 hours with 148 miles, and I was sailing. Everything looked great. And then my back gave out, and I couldn't stand up straight. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I, I kept trying, but every time I tried to move fast, I would just fall forward and I couldn't hold myself upright. And uh, I laid down for a while. And and uh, but then uh, Ray Krolowitz came down and told me uh, Irish guy that was there, Tony Magnum. He's a, oh, I know Tony. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a world world uh, traveler. He, you know, he's he's over in Africa as far as I know right now or no Australia right now. I did a couple but, uh, legs when he was doing a, the around the world run. He stayed with us uh, a night or two. Um, oh, yeah. He yeah, he, he was here uh, with us uh, with my group for five nights. Nice. We, we have well, we've had a lot of competition over the years together. It's just all good fun. You know, but he was he was gaining on me. That's where I met him. He was gaining on me somewhat. So I went out and walked the rest of the night and held him off. So, uh, which he said he learned a lot from that because, uh, you know, I was just out there in my street clothes, just walking and, uh, he couldn't catch me. So, uh, but we've been fast friends ever since. So, uh, so this is, so for those who are listening and tuning in and, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Walker, uh, thanks for being on, uh, John, I'm not sure whether you guys know one another. Dave is, uh, uh, directs a few races. One of them is world's end, uh, ultra, uh, down in PA. Um, if you haven't done that one yet, is a, also a pretty cool, beautiful course. Um, it's typically the same weekend. Uh, unfortunately, it's Cayuga Trail, so I'd have to give you up uh, and send you down to uh, PA. Yeah. Uh, but, but definitely yeah. a cool race. But so for those um, 
for those just joining us, uh, again, just learning, I think, the history of just how deep Geisler goes in the sport. Not only is it the, like the true number of finishes, uh, but it's the level and quality of finishes in there in terms of U.S. representation, having records. And I mean, this is some long stuff. And I'm kind of laughing because you it's just funny. Some of the things that you're saying will be some of the topics that I kind of wanted to touch on because I I mean, it, it speaks to, I think, who you are, where you're coming from. Uh, as a personality, it kind of creates the uh, legend, even if you wouldn't say that about your yourself. Uh, but it's just, I don't know, it's I, th I find it pretty humorous. And it's part of, the, I think, the color of the sport. And as it's really grown and gotten larger, um, I think the, the John Geeslers uh, in the community in the world are a complete necessity to, I think, main contact with uh, the authenticity, uh, I think, of the sport. And you're, you're every bit of that. So I think the first my first hundred mile attempt, and I've only done a few, um, has or a couple, I don't know, is was down at uh, Massanutten. The first year, I think it was like 2001. Oh, yeah. And when I went down with Loomis, uh, one of my college teammates, I think Loomis was just relaying Great. the story of, yeah, just like last year, Geisler was out here and he took it out pretty hard. And I came came by him at like 75 or whatever it was. And he was just just moaning in, in a, like in a sleeping bag or something like that, just seemingly just kind of dead to the world. And within... I don't know, X amount of miles or whatever. Here he comes kind of sailing back by just kind of like fresh as a, a daisy in it. And I think so from my first, I think literally, well, I did some pacing for the inaugural hurt, but I mean, Massanutten would have been the, um, my first foray, uh, as an entrant, I was already aware of, uh, the legend, uh, of Geisler and, and how much I think that has, uh, played out and been, uh, I don't know. Amazing. And so let's say, so let me try to just touch on a, a few of those things because I, I think that they're, um, I don't know. I just think they're, they're fun. So you had a quote in one of the Vermont 100. I don't know whether Amy conducted the, uh, the interview uh, or not, but it was on the Vermont 100 uh, website. Uh, let me see. It was um, dropping out. Let's just, there's a bunch of things here. So one of them was uh, dropping out as a personal choice, but don't do it because you feel badly. Uh, so for you just kind of jumping into this sport where you've had this niche of going really long and seemingly coming back, back from the dead, where from uh, some metrics, you're, you've been pretty torched in uh, races. I mean, I guess just speak to that concept because that's been a crux piece of ultra and the experience and you've you've been able to do it uh, just as well as, as anybody out there. So talk about that component of ultra for you and the feeling and the concept of not just quitting because things seem pretty, uh, pretty bad in the moment. Well, I mean, most people who've done long ultras know you go through bad patches, bad spells, hang in there because eventually you usually come out of them. Uh, I mean, like down at Massanutten, uh, I'm pretty sure I know which race you were talking about. It was Greg Loomis, was mm -hmm. it? Uh, yeah. That, and uh, I was sitting at uh, at an aid station on a table and just having like convulsions, shaking. And I couldn't control myself because I sat there and said, I, that's it. I'm not going to continue until I get myself under control. You know, so I sat there and I sat there and after a while I sat there, well, you know, I'm not getting any better, so I might as well leave. So, so I got up and as I was walking out, I heard the guy in the aid station says, I should have stopped him. 
I should have stopped him. <laughs> but as I went away, I got better. And uh, I think I had like the fastest last section of anybody in that race. So, I mean, after a while, of course, daylight helps recovering you too. Yep. But after a while, you 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 recover. But uh, one of the, well, my first Vermont 100, what saved that, me for that race was uh, a Finger Lakes 50-miler I'd done just before that as a tune-up. I went out and I found out how miserable it is to die in a race. But then I recovered. And then I died again and I recovered. It was up and down. And uh, so that taught me when I started Vermont, go slow. <laughs> if it weren't for that race, I'd have probably taken off faster and I'd have probably had a horrible race. But uh, but just knowing how bad you can feel, it, it taught me the lesson to go slow and all. But also that 50 miler taught me, you know, if you're feeling bad, just hang in there. Try to get something into you to eat if you can and all, but hang in there. It'll come back. And when it does, you can go again. But if you think, well, that's it. I'm over the hump. Good to go. Well, not necessarily because you can have another bad spell come again too. But, you know, but stick with it. It gets better. You know, it can't always get worse. So. And so for, for all the, like, um, Knowing of your history, uh, having friends in common, and just where I've seen you uh, in events, either ones that I've put on or events that I've been at as well, um, I think for me, you could probably, uh, you could have a pretty stacked field of uh, whoever in the mix in terms of experience. But I think if I were a betting uh, person, my money would probably still be on you, say 75 miles in with you convulsing and moaning on a table in some freshie who's coming through looking pretty good with 25 miles to go. My money's still going to be on, on Geisler that's going to get that thing done. Yeah. Well, okay, Massanutten, uh, the first, the, the inaugural Massanutten race, I went down and uh, I had I had the uh, second fast 100, 100 miler of the year, but, but, uh, but that's because I came in second in Vermont and Vermont was the fastest 100 there was at the time. So they looked to me to be the leader, and I was. But Joe Clapper was having the race of his life and was running really good. And so the guys, the Happy Trails running crew down there, they said every time they saw me, I looked awful. <laughs> and every time they saw Joe, he looked great, but he never could catch me. He wasn't too far behind, but he could never catch me. So as miserable as I was, I was able to stay ahead of him the whole way. So, uh, so yeah, you know, you can be having a horrible time, but still function. So when you say hang in there and maybe at some point try to get some food in you, let's shift to, because it's another can. one of your, no, if you can, another one of your signature things. So when you came through, I don't even know what mile it was at Virgil Crest 100 the year or two ago. Um oh. I think that you were cutting, if I remember right, you weren't, well, actually, I, I may be misremembering, but you may have been fairly close to the kind of time cut projections or not too far off. I think when you came through maybe mid-race, and again, I may be misremembering there, but when you came through at mile, like, I don't know, 50 or 60 or whatever, um, I kind of hollered out to you and you were kind of 
bypassing the aid station. You just hollered over to me that I think you were going to maybe go get some milk and take a nap, uh, I think. And if there were like, yeah. like other people that you could, even if I had known them, I think if somebody kind of made that comment where you were in the race, how much you had to go, knowing the course, be like, what are you talking about? Like, like, no, <laughs> like, I'm, but for you, I'm like, all right, um, it's Geisler. Again, my money's still going to be on you. That's just kind of his style. So when you talk about nutrition, well, one, let's start with the, the concept. Does almond milk still qualify as milk? Yeah, it's not as good as regular milk. Uh-huh. But uh, but in Vermont, they had almond milk at one aid station, and I'll take it. It coats my stomach because my, my stomach shuts down. It, it, Vermont, it never used to in Vermont. It always did in Massanutten. But now in Vermont, it shuts down. And then I'm, I'm in horrible shape, uh, just like Manitou's Revenge. I never did Manitou's Revenge and felt good because it, it my stomach shuts down and I feel awful. And I would always say, you got any milk? And for, for some, you know, strange reason, people out in the middle of the woods don't have a carton of milk on hand. I, you know, I go figure. Go figure. But, uh, but put some milk in me, coats my stomach, and uh, I feel a lot better. And so then I can go, you know, which, okay, at your race, I wasn't, actually, I wasn't anywhere near the cutoff. No, you weren't. And Devang just plugged, chimed in too, that uh, that wasn't the case. So maybe I was still just thinking like, but, what are you going to go take a I nap was, next way? But I had, my stomach had shut down and I was feeling really bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, another friend of mine, uh, Tom uh, Joslin, was there trying to uh, redeem himself because his only DNF was that race before. So I was ahead of him at that point. He's a better runner than I am at this point, but I was ahead of him because he was being very cautious so he could finish. But I came in with my stomach shut down and I just went to lay down in my truck for a little while made a couple pit stops in the bathroom and then I felt better. So when I came out, he had just caught up to me. And so he went on ahead. And uh, as I continued running, I started feeling better and better as I went. And uh, coming back through, uh, mutual friends said he wasn't too far ahead. And I said, well, I'll see what I can do about that. Uh, the race was on. And so, yeah, I, I did end up catching up to him and passing him. But as I say, he was being a little bit cautious, trying to make sure he finished. And uh, I was just going and having a good time then and just charging. At that point, I could run as fast as I wanted. And that felt, that, that always feels good. So. And so I wonder if that's, I think for, I mean, I don't know if I've tried like milk. And, I think one of my, I think in that year at Massanutten, I think, um, I think it was Loomis that planted the seed in terms of what he was going to use for nutrition wise too. And I just didn't have any experience to know better. I think I, I think I had a, uh, a little thing of insure. I think it was at one of yeah. the aid stations at like mile 40 or something like that. And, and so I came in or maybe it was like 50 K in and thought that would be a good thing to do. So I kind of, uh, kind of guzzled down the insure, went back after it. And, um, and within, I don't know, maybe the next like 10 miles, like my whole stomach just emptied, like came, right back up. I, it was yeah. interesting. I think literally like 10 feet after I just puked up this hole and sure emptied my stomach. I almost stepped right on rattlesnake, uh, right in the middle of the, the trail, which mm. kind of woke me and snapped me back out of that uh, yeah. as well. 
But like for most people, I don't know whether they could tolerate milk, but to like Dave's comment there with beer challenge, no milk challenge. I wonder whether more people could or whether you'd be the exception on whether that works as a, a fuel. Well, most people see me with milk and they gag just looking at it in the middle of the race. But I love it. I mean, it, it just hits the spot. Dude, so you... uh, I don't know. Most people, I think, would just probably barf it up because it, they can't take it. But <laughs> but it is so it coats my stomach. It feels good. Uh, I mean, another thing I used to like would be spicy hot V8 juice. <laughs> and that was going to be part of the uh, follow-up uh, in this this question or concept was, and when is it appropriate to work V8 juice into the equation? Yeah, well, V8 juice was good. I used to have it a lot more often than I do nowadays, but but uh, particularly spicy. I like it. I like the spicy hot V8 juice because it just it, you know hits the spot. I like it. Uh, which other people like V8 juice and they say, oh, can I have some? And they have some and then they, whoa, it's spicy hot. And oh, well, never mind. <laughs> but uh, but I, I like that. But that's another thing that aid stations don't carry too often. So not, which, not, not so much and probably for good reason. I mean, I can't get rid of all yeah. the bananas I have there, let alone clear in V8s. Dude, yeah. you're just ripe for uh, for uh, sponsorship <laughs> because yeah. some of the quotes, like with your, your background, some of, uh, what you've done, uh, even if, even if you're not on, uh, really like social media or whatever online or whatever much, even just your comments during our, our discussion here, I think you're, if I could grab it, your quote from just like a minute ago regarding milk before we moved on to V8 was with a smile. I think it was like, it coats my stomach. It makes me feel good. Something like that. How yeah. can you not be a poster boy for the U S milk industry or some sort of like farm sponsor, dude, you could be rolling in it. Yeah, I, I know there's, there's, you know, there are different things. Cause I, I, okay. I'm not always, uh, Oh, I see this. Uh, I'm going to try a bloody mail. Well, you know, but Bloody Mary probably would hit the spot good. That would be like the spicy hot V8 juice. Uh, I think Bloody Mary would probably be very good in a, in a race. There it is. So if we there's the uh, there's the carrot, uh, Walker. If you guarantee that uh, you can get Geisler some uh, Bloody Marys and milk, uh, we uh, might just have them in the lottery next year. Yeah, uh, that that's good. I mean, like uh, in. In my 24-hour races and stuff like that, I pretty much survive with root beer, which uh, everybody knows I drink root beer. Who goes to these races, the six-day races and everything, because I've always got a stack of root beers out there that I'm drinking because uh, – and why? I, well, it's not for a scientific reason. <laughs> it, it hits the spot. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I like it, I drink it, and, uh, well, that's good. You know, so root beer, milk, milkshakes. Well, yeah, but they're they're even harder to come by. And, there's, but, uh, and I, I think that was one of the questions that I or one of the uh, stories that I missed uh, or forgot to roll in uh, when I was talking with on uh, one of these live sessions with uh, Horton uh, last year was I think one of his stories of milkshake is his go-to or always been his go-to kind of prize on the trail. And this one story of 
him and this one of the long uh, endurance efforts. Um, I think his crew brought him. Uh, I think he was up there crossing Skyline Drive and somebody like knocked over the milkshake and it spilled out on the uh, the gravel shoulder of the road or whatever. And I think he just started lapping it up because he was oh, so yeah. needed the milkshake like in the moment. Yeah. Oh, it can hit the spot. But uh, yeah, the, I, I was in Canada for uh, 24 hour world championships and I wasn't feeling real good. And uh, Roy Perung had dropped out and was sitting there and he says, can I get you anything? I said, a milkshake. He said, well, I don't have any money with me. So I reached into my shorts and pulled out a $5 bill. I said, I do. <laughs> so he had to go across the street and get me a milkshake. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're always good. I mean, uh, nice cold, especially a hot days or something, rather. Nice, cool, and refreshing. So, uh, you know, and really, it's whatever works. Everybody's going to be different, you know. I mean, some people like Coke. I've never gotten past the smell. I've never been a cola person. I've never even tried it. But uh, root beer, yeah, it hits the spot. And if it works, use it, you know. Uh, as I say, there's nothing scientific about what I eat or drink. It's simply what I like. And So, uh, so in, in various forms here, getting into the, I don't even know if, I don't know if even evolution, because evolution in my head, I guess, uh, implies some degree of uh, progress or I don't even know if progress is the right, quanti right quantifier, but I guess where the sport has gone and the kind of capitalist, I mean, here I am uh, coming at you from my uh, running store uh, here in Ithaca, surrounded by, I, I'm basically getting paid to uh, sell things that for you, you'd never, for the most part, wouldn't necessarily use or need or whatever, but it just speaks to how big of a business it is and just how many like products are out there. So for you using all this, uh, just stuff that works for you, like, have you ever tried long, like on course, like a, like a gel or whatever? And is that just like, oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Uh, when gels first came out, they had the national championship 24 hour and goo, of course, was the first gel they had it there. I'd never had it before. I'd never heard of it. So I tried it and I ate quite a few of them goos and I won the national championship. So I said, well, it can't be all bad. And, uh, so thereafter, for a while, I was, the most I ever had was like 40 goos in one 24-hour race over in oh, Taiwan. That's a lot of goos. Oh, it is. And, but nowadays, I mean, after a while, it started going the other way on me. And like, if I had more than three, more than three or four, it would turn my stomach and I couldn't take it anymore. Yep. And so there is another gel, another brand that. Uh, I can tolerate more, but for the most part, I very seldom, they're convenient to carry on a trail run, but I very seldom use them anymore Yeah, because I, you know, I don't really like them as much anymore and I'd rather have real food. Uh-huh. But, uh, I mean, they serve, they serve the purpose and everything, but they just don't, uh, they don't suit me as good as they used to. Yep. So I kind of grew out of them at where my stomach didn't tolerate them as much. And, and I don't really like the flavor that much or like the taste that much anymore. So, 
I'd rather have, well, I make my own energy bars out of, you know, oats and everything else that I just pour in to a bowl and mix up. So uh, I'll eat them. So maybe I'm going to I'm gonna have to hire you, not that you'd have the time or the interest, but to uh, whip up your special batch of uh, bars in a master quantity. And I'll just, I'll put that out. And it'll be the, the Geisler themed aid station. It'll yeah. be all his bars. It'll be Bloody Marys and it'll be milk. And like, they're your, they're your options on the table. Oh, yeah. Well, see that, see that, uh, well, things catch on. I mean, like in Vermont, uh, there will be some people at some aid stations that have a thing of milk there specifically for me because I always ask for it. And so some of them, you know, if you go there enough times, people remember you yep. and remember your little quirks. And so sometimes they will have milk at some aid stations just for me. And uh, if they did that a little bit more, I could probably go through there without having my stomach shut down and I'd do a whole lot better. So, uh, yeah, it's something to look for. <laughs> the, your versatility, uh, it's pretty awesome, right? You've got, um, the capacity and the ability and the track record, uh, to, uh, run quick over, uh, roads over non-technical courses, You've got the ability to go really long. Uh, but you also have your favorites. You like going back to Manitou's. You've done a bunch of escarpments. Uh, and you've run pretty quick at those too. I mean, you really, you kind of have a broad palette of the, uh, I guess, event space. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it. I mean, variety is great and I like doing them all. And, uh, you know, they say, well, what's, I started doing trail hundreds and then I moved into the uh, 24 hours and I, after a while, found I was pretty good at it. And so I did those and uh, I think doing a variety of things helps. I mean, uh, you know, in all the years I've been running, I've never really taken a break and I've been in it pretty hard all the while. And, uh, well, my body kind of shows that now because it's been breaking down lately, but, uh, but the variety, the variety keeps my interest and, uh, and yeah, I, I enjoy doing, you know, I trained for running six days in the dome in Wisconsin by going out and running uh, mountains in that Adirondacks. So, you know, I'm not that specific on my training. I just like to go out and run and then I go do the event. And I used to be better than I am, obviously, but uh, I did all right. I mean, you know, I've had some success in trails and I've had success in roads and on tracks, you know, not mega success, but some success here and there. Uh, and uh, I'm a whole lot better known than I ever understood why, but because uh, I never really thought I was that good. Just, you know, I was okay, but I wouldn't, didn't think I was that good. But uh, a lot of people know me and kind of, it's kind of flattering. <laughs> I think it speaks to there's still, you know, yes, the scene has really exploded uh, over these 30 years, but its roots are still a fairly kind of small and connected uh, community, even if it was really coming in before the digital space. So I think there's uh, some of us, you know, I, I wasn't around uh, in the ultra scene uh, in the 
early years, but I would have picked it up by year 2000 and kind of aware of like who people were. And by then it was still, there's not a much degrees of, of separation. Like you still know this person who then who knows that person, you're not too far removed. So I think you've been somebody that's been able to transcend one, both, uh, national stuff. So you're still, you know, heading West, you're hitting those pockets who then have East coast uh, roots. You're still hitting a lot of the classic uh, events here. Um, and thankfully it's still a small enough space. And in terms of, you know, maybe you used to be better. I mean, I don't know. I mean, were you faster? Sure. When you were younger, but like, I don't know, like you're still hitting it uh, pretty hard and going long. And, you know, if you buy into kind of the age grading concept or whatever, I mean, you're, I mean, I don't know, like you, maybe you're on an age grade performing better than you ever did. Um, well, actually we, uh, our, our local running thing for, for the shorter races, 10 Ks, 15 Ks, whatever. Uh, we kind of have a competition that we do and we age grade things. And up until a few years ago, that age grading is really pretty accurate because I would age grade my times and it gave me what I was doing in my peak. And so it was, it was all pretty accurate last few years or last couple of years, at least I've, uh, I've deteriorated a little bit and I've lost a little bit. So even age graded, I'm not, but I've got scoliosis in my back. It's, I got a big curve in it and twist in it. And so, I'll, you know, I've got some issues. And so I'm not holding up as good and my endurance isn't as good. And so I've lost a little bit, but I'm, you know, but I'm not dead. I'm still, still functioning. And as long as I can still function, I, I'll still be doing it. And, uh, and as long as I'm still having fun and that doesn't end, I always have fun. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I say, yeah, I've, I've had a little bit of success in multiple areas and, uh, but part of, I think part of what, uh, people see in me is, uh, I'm pretty old school on a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, but, like and that, that's your personality, but that's also kind of become your brand. And so I think you yeah. become also one of those authentic individuals uh if not characters uh in the community in the sport yeah i mean people see my water bottles and you know everybody's got vests now with their bottles up there and i still have the same water bottles i bought when i started i still i'm still using the same ones that are down on the waist and they they think they're canteens but they're plastic they're not really army canteens they're not that you know but they think they are they're not. They're they're made out of plastic, and but uh, and they work for me, so I still use those. I've never uh, I've never run in trail shoes, so I never really evolved into there. I just I have one pair one kind of shoes, and that's all I wear for anything. Uh, a watch, which I very seldom wear, but uh, back in the day, I got the Iron Man. Timex Ironman watch, and it was kind of like at the forefront of technology, and I liked it so much. That's it, yeah. I liked it so much. I've never, you know, I that's still my, that my watch of choice. So I have that. I don't, I don't have any Garmin's or anything like that. So uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't keep with the technology, but uh, yeah, 
I refuse. Actually, I refuse to keep with the technology. <laughs> so and that's that's become your 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 brand. I mean, maybe you're the inspiration for Courtney DeWalter wearing the uh, the balling shorts. I mean, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. That's uh, every once in a while you see things out there. I mean, because I, I had uh, like local kids uh, in the cross country teams, and it get, by word of mouth it gets back to me that they sit there and they wear. They wore these dark socks and have a headband on and, and uh, long, you know, long, dark socks and headband. And they're, they dress like I am. And <laughs> it's coming full say, circle, dude. Now you're the trendsetter. Yeah, that's it. You know, well, you know, if you stick to something long enough, you, eventually you'll be in style. So, so on the shoes. And if I remember right, you, it's kind of like an Asics kind of crossover shoe or something like that, that you well, wear. The Asics G2 GT 2000. Oh, you're in the 2000 series. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it was GT twos when they first came out and every year they changed just a little bit and changed the numbers, but that's still, it's now it's GT two thousand whatever, uh, whatever I can find online at a discount. Uh, that's what I get. So what size are you? Uh, well, that's evolving too, because yeah, I mean my work shoes are tens, but I I was wearing eleven and a half. But now, see, like at Cayuga, that's why I have to come back to Cayuga because last year it was killing my feet. I was losing circulation, and I I towards the end I could only run a little bit. I had to stop, take my shoes off, get the circulation going, and then run a little further and have to stop. And it was killing me. I mean, I, I came close to the cutoff on that race because I. I was dying out there, not to mention that I got lost. I went down the wrong way on the trail for twice. So, you know, so I'm, I'm coming back for redemption on my, myself for that. But uh, so I'm 12 and a half are what I'm wearing right now. 12 and a half. Oof. Dude, you are getting up. There. I was going to say, I can send you some, maybe occasionally I'll try to remember the size and send something your way. Well, 12, 12 well, and a half, you're I'm, up there. I'm wearing the 12 and a half because the 11 and a half, I just, uh, I ran like eight miles the other night in this, and my feet were killing me after I was done. I said, I can't even wear them anymore, you know? So 12 and a half. But like in the multi days, 12 and a half are what I start with. Then the second day or so, I'll move into like a 14 with cut off toes. Uh, you, you cut the front of the toes out so that you, you, you feel like they're loose and your toes aren't hitting anything, but your feet are still hurting. So one day during the Sri Chin Moy, sixth day, I thought, you know, that's it. I cut the front of my shoe off and my feet felt so much better. And I thought I was a genius. And then I went out there and I looked and half the people had that. I said, oh, I'm not a genius. I'm just slow. <laughs> so, but uh, you need room in your feet because your feet tend to swell on multi-days. And so have you, so in a course like um, Manitou's as an example, I mean, I guess you're so used to a certain level of uh, shoe uh, under your foot. Uh, and that's just the way it is, what you're used to. Like, have you... Have you tried uh, other things with like stickier rubber or different like outsole or whatever, or you're just like, I'm no. really not interested or you just. No, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with what I got. And so I, so I don't bother 
Yeah, I'm. I suppose you you know okay they got grippy rubber or something or other that's good especially probably if it's wet, but uh, You're I'm not really that's interested you know. in trying it. Uh -huh. I, I'm I'm happy with what I got. They work. I don't you know I don't think they're you know they work for me, so I stick with it. You know, just like the socks that I have, they're just cotton work socks. That's that's what I wear. I tried them low cut socks before, and they just didn't feel good. Uh -huh. So I, so I said to heck with it and stuck to my work socks. So, so the, um, it is much as you've had a, uh, success with going uh, really long, I think, and I can't remember, and Loomis may have mentioned it to me as I was touching base ahead of this as well. Uh, you being maybe one of the only people or something like that, that was successful in doing, I don't know. It was like the full ten days, doing a mile every hour. For there was something, oh, something. Yeah, I do that. God, I, I, I don't sleep good. Uh, I, I don't sleep good, and so it's kind of you know, I lay down and uh, fall asleep, and then I wake right back up, and I think I've been there a long time, and I jump out and run out to the course and start going again and everything. So yeah, uh, out in Silverton they had a thing where you had to, you know. Every that the mile in 1000. Yeah, yeah, you have mm -hmm. to do at least a mile every single hour. And that wasn't too much of an issue for me cuz I didn't sleep that much anyway, so I, you just pay a little bit of attention and that's what you do. And so across the years now they have a thing for that. And they weren't really uh they weren't really planning on it for the 6th day. They didn't even know I was doing it until like the 6th day I told them I was and they checked it and they said, well, yeah, I guess you are. So when the 10 day came, I did it there too. But the first 10 day, uh, I failed, which really upset me because, you know, it wasn't like I, I never used an alarm. I would just go, I just go in, lay down, then wake up and get back up and go. I never used an alarm or anything like that. Cause I never sleep very long. So, uh, and I was doing that throughout the race, never worried about it. I do lose my mind because of the lack of sleep. I mean, I have tons of stories about my sleep deprivation and my how my mind, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I'm going there as well. So if you want to flow into it, otherwise I'm going to bring you back to it. But keep going. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, but, but in the first 10 days that I did, uh, which is 240 hours, the 233rd hour of it, I was successful to that point, but my feet were hurting, uh, cold, circulation issues. So I went into the heating tent and working on my feet, and then I came out, and I couldn't remember which direction I was going. So I said, oh, the heck with it. Go back in, work on my feet some more. Then all of a sudden, it dawned on me, I'm going to miss my hour. So I went out, and I looked. And they were doing the hour change. I missed it by five minutes. And so 233 hours into it, I blew it by five minutes because, because my mind, I wasn't very sharp. I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, you know, and I lost track. I wasn't asleep. I was just sitting there. And so the next year I went and did it and I kind of focused on making sure I did it. I got paranoid about not doing it. 
but uh, but I did do the 10 day with doing one hour every uh, or at least a mile every hour. But uh, but at that point, my back was killing me. I, I, I had the lean issue. And so it was painful for me to do more than two laps at a time. And so I was concentrating on, well, do one lap each hour. And that was boring. I got a magazine and was reading in between laps. And it, I was bored to death. I, you know, just doing a mile an hour really isn't wasn't challenging. Uh, I really needed something more, but my back wouldn't let me. So uh, I, uh, I would rather just, just go out, do it. And let nature take care of itself, because I'll wake up. And so because they're kind of the fun nature, I, I think maybe it just speaks to the nature of ultras and maybe why some people uh, do them at all, uh, partly because it's still kind of funny and entertaining and not trying to take it like too seriously, uh, that the hallucination angle, I think, is still kind of kind of funny. So in as much as you've done in terms of going long and uh, very much sleep deprivated states or whatever, uh, any still pretty vivid ones that were kind of funny in terms of hallucinations oh. or just mind being tweaked? Oh, yeah. I mean, see, there's two different things. There's hallucinations and then there's the delusions where you don't know what you're doing. Oh, wait, if you can still hear me, John, the, uh, the connection locked up. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, there you are. You're back. You're good. Yeah. Go ahead. Silverton, I had some of the best hallucinations ever out there. I mean, I don't know if altitude helped him, but I had such fantastic hallucinations and delusions and everything. And I totally went crazy sometimes. I mean, but, uh, but you, you run around and every lap, you know, I would come in, they would ask me, what'd you see out there this time? You know, but uh, it actually, there's consistency. Okay, because I would see the same thing in the same spot every time. Certain grasses would grow, certain ones would shrink. Uh, and after a while, you learn how to control it a little bit. Because as I'm running by the floating cones, and uh, I saw a guy on a bicycle. And I said, oh, well, no people. That's creepy. I don't care about the floating cones, but no people. And so he faded away, disappeared. That was it. So I got rid of them. So, you know, after a while I learned, okay, I was starting to learn how to control my hallucinations. I could bring them on sometimes if I wanted, or I could push them away. And, but there is, but, but they're very consistent. And, uh, and uh, like at the dome, say, I, I, not too many hallucinations, but the one thing is I had the advantage running in the dome. That's, that's the, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar in Wisconsin. It's an inside I'm not, around I'm the not. ice rink. It's, okay. it's, it's a six day and it's around an ice rink. It's uh, about a quarter mile track. So you're running for six days indoors at uh, around 50 degrees. But my advantage was that I did most of my running downhill. I mean, it's on a flat track, but to me, I looked at it and Looks like downhill to me. So I got to run downhill most of the time. Other people had a flat course. So that should be an advantage to me. But uh, but then the next year when I went and ran it again, it was there again. After a couple of days, it was a downhill course again. Huh. So 
consistency is is pretty surprising. You know, from one year to the next, I see the same things in the same places. So, uh, and uh, okay, moving off from that just slightly uh, is my running and while sleeping. Okay, which I've done, and even people in Europe ask me if I'm sleeping yet because they know I I do that. And I'll give you my best example uh, at across the years. I'm running around some S turns and I open my eyes on this corner and I close them again and I open my eye on that corner and I close them and I open my eye in the corner. And it's, it's, my, it's taken forever to get around this turn. You know, it's just taken forever. But And then all of a sudden I'm starving. I'm, you know, I said, why am I so hungry all of a sudden? So I pull into the aid station and the guy comes over and says, are you going to get to 400 miles? So I look at the time. I said, no, not a chance. If I were to get to 400 miles, I'd have to be at 360 by now. Where are you at? Or somewhere around 352 or so. He went over, looked, come back, said, no, you're at 360. So I'd been running for hours without, uh, without knowing because I was asleep. But that's why I was so hungry all of a sudden, because I hadn't been eating. I'd just been running while I was asleep. And I would wake up on that corner every time I would open my eyes on the same corner. That's and I just thought it was the same. I was taking forever to get around, but it was a different one, different trip every time. <laughs> the endless corner. Dude, you're yeah. just you're just full of, uh, again, sponsorship possibility here. That's going to be some sort of, I got to work that in somehow with instead of the endless summer, it's the endless corner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back to Silverton, I'd say I could send you a report I had, which is full of interesting things. Actually, in ultra running, I had sent it to a guy who writes and he published some of it in ultra running about the mattress and everything. Because uh, as I'm running, there's a mattress floating in front of me and I can't see through it. So I can't see the trail. You can't brush it out of the way because it's not really there. So I had to run down the trail with my head off to the side so <laughs> I could see around it. And uh, I mean, you know, in any significance, with the mattress, well, yeah, kind of obvious. I didn't have any sleep, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are a lot of a lot of hallucinations I've had, and and delusions because, like, say I uh, come out, I take a brief nap, I come out, and I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm there. The first time this happened to me was. A 48 hour in Texas, and I had a head cold and I was kind of feverish and sick. But I started not knowing what I was doing. And so while I'm going around, it was a two mile loop, going around the course looking for wire or something or other, because I figured I must be here to fix something. I got to be here to fix something. There must be some reason why I'm here. So I'm going running around the course looking for something that needs fixing because i figured there, there's got to be a reason you know i thought i don't know but you know i could make this course a whole lot shorter if i cut across here mm, i don't think i'm supposed to do that i better not and then i think well maybe if i come in i could send somebody out because i'm getting pretty tired i could send somebody else out to do some laps for me uh, nah, i don't know if i should do that and but those are examples where 
really don't have a clue what I'm doing. <laughs> when I set the 48-hour record that second night, I didn't know what I was doing. I told the race director, I haven't got a clue. And he had to explain how the race worked. He says, you go underneath the clock. I said, well, how, how do you keep track of my miles? The clock keeps track of it. I said, well, what if I get lost? You're not going to get lost. He says, you're going in a circle. You'll keep coming back. He, he had to explain the whole race to me. And, and I didn't really understand it. But I said, I'll, I'll have to take your word for it because I, I don't understand it. I just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. And uh, well, that, that, probably, that happens at some level <clears throat> that must make you, I mean, give you an advantage. I mean, you, you've, you've referenced it already in terms of uh, the advantage of being able to, to move while your most of your brain is kind of shut down in this kind of survival mechanism in terms of then uh, in effect being sleeping or some of the other things like it, I, I would imagine that maybe some people can tap into that, but you're maybe more predisposed to it or have found a way to tap into it through all of your years and experience where it just makes you that much more uh, adept at it because you're physiologically more capable of your brain basically taking you to those spots or surviving where others couldn't in that regard. But on the negative side, I struggle through while I'm sleep deprived and I can go and pretty much get rest while I'm moving. But if I actually got some real sleep, I might be able to go out and move faster and, and run better because I'll see people go in, get some sleep, they come out and they're running fast and you can make up a lot of time if you're running faster. And so it would probably benefit me if I actually did get sleep, but, uh, but I'm not good at it because I, I lay down and, uh, well, here's another shot at across the years where I looked at the time on the timer. My tent was right next to the timer. I looked at what time it was, went into my tent, laid down, fell asleep, woke up and panicked. How long have I been in here? I jump up, run out, and the minute hadn't changed. It was still <laughs> the same minute that I went in. On. So, I mean, I said, well, that's going to do me a lot of good. So, but I think a little sleep maybe would help uh, energize you a little bit so that you could actually run faster. Are but, you often, are you often solo on these? I mean, it seems like some of this here would be the benefit of having a support network or a crew, for instance, like in your tent to just be like, no, dude, like literally you just lay down, like lay down again. We got some time here. Oh yeah. That's, chill. that's it. Uh, I'm, I'm always by myself. Uh, I, I'm always taking care of myself. So I don't have anybody to tell me you can, what you can, you know, sleep longer, I'll wake you up. Uh, and that uh, in the dome, what I've taken to is there's a, I'll sit in a chair and fall asleep and I want to know how long I'm there or something or other, but it doesn't matter how short the nap is. When I wake up, I can't remember the time. So when I sit in a chair, I write the time down, set it on my lap, and then I tip my head back, pull my headband over my eyes, fall asleep. Then I wake up. I'll look at the time, look at the clock. Now I can stay down longer. I have to, I have to write it down. Otherwise, I'll have no clue, and I'll just get up and go. So uh, that's where, yeah, crew helps. 
Kruka and are you somebody who prefers being solo? I know there's some individuals who, like in some of the 100 milers where they could have a pacer, uh, just feel like they do and maybe do perform better without pacers and because it keeps them more in that self-reliance mode and not kind of checked out. Do you have a preference? Like, do you prefer being alone in those long well, efforts? Well, I kind of like doing things on my own because... Well, just because I like to do them by myself. Plus, I don't want to burden other people with taking care of me. Uh, you know, because I mean. But you'd probably have see, a network, a network of friends who would jump at the opportunity to take care of you in such a situation. Yeah. Well, OK. Uh, there's a race coming up this fall that I'm excited about that I'm going to be doing. Fools 409. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this. I don't know that uh, Okay, Fools 409. It's going to start in Niagara Falls and finish over at the uh, Lake Champlain. And it's actually, I guess they rechecked re it, and it's like 414 miles long. And you have crewed or uncrewed. Well, and it start, it's at the end of September, beginning of October. First time they're going to have it here. But it, uh, you've heard of Vol State yeah. down in Tennessee, based on that. So it'll be the same sort of idea as that. And I thought, well, okay, the crude runner, if it's cold, their crew can give them a jacket. And, you know, you can, they can take care of them. They can give them food and everything. But I would much prefer being uncrewed uh, because that's where the challenge is. You're going to have to have everything you need with you. You're going to have to stop at stores to buy things to eat. Uh, you got to take care of yourself on the whole thing. And, uh, with the temperature and everything, you don't know what you're going to need. And there's where the challenge is. So yeah, I, I, I like to, I like the challenge of doing it on your own. Yeah. Uh, there's only like six people signed up on the uncrewed now. And one of them would be, uh, uh, Tim Hardy, mm -hmm. Green Lakes race yeah. director. Okay. And I look onto this thing and I see he's done Vol State several times. So he's got some experience with that. Uh, but the challenge, yeah, I like the, I like the challenge of doing things on my own. Plus, I don't want to burden anybody with uh, sitting there crewing for me or something like that. Uh, but I've seen the difference. Like in a 24-hour, I'll be running around a track like with Roy Perung, and he's got somebody crewing for him. They hand him something to drink. He drinks it as he's going. I stop, get my drink, and I look, and he's a quarter of the track away from me. You know, I mean, he's, he's quartered away around from me just because I had to stop and get my own stuff. It doesn't make a difference. Well, maybe but, you can pick your battles. You can choose those events to your point of the 409 um, where there is some degree of, hey, I got to figure this out, and it makes it more exciting as opposed to just kind of this mundane around the track where, uh, you know, it's – much more uh, straightforward and not, you know, too many things to navigate and where it would really kind of help your, your performance. Oh yeah. Well, uh, over in Taiwan, I was invited to Taipei, Taiwan for a 24 hour before years ago. And, uh, you know, they paid my way over, gave me a place to stay and they gave me a crew and the crew would not allow me to go into my own cooler. no, you tell us what you want. We give it to you, and then you toss it to the side, and we'll get it. And so that that was like 
one of the few times that I was crewed outside of on the national team, there, there'd be somebody there to crew for you. And it makes a big difference. And it, you know, I'm not used to having people take care of me, but I feel guilty having people taking care of me, you know? Uh, so, you know, I, I just like doing things on my own. Uh, we're in like in the same, like in Manitou, uh, as in Europe, a lot of people use poles mm -hmm. and I have nothing against using poles. And I think they're a great thing. I just don't want to use them because I want to do it on my own without the assistance of the poles. So, uh, but that's just, that's just a quirk of me, you know, they can help your performance. I can, I can definitely see they will help your performance. But, uh, you know, just my personality, I like to do things my way. Uh, if you ask the people I work with, they'll tell you I like to do things the hard way a lot of times. That's just how I like it. I don't know. So the last <clears throat> few years, um, the last person standing events have really kind of uh, taken off and getting a lot of yeah. focus. With your strength in outlasting most people on any given long race have you done any of those and if not why haven't you i haven't done them and uh <clears throat> at this point i just don't know if i have the stamina and speed to do them uh and be successful uh yeah before because i you know i, I could just run forever but uh i don't really think i'd be as good at them now because i i'm not fast enough anymore you know i've lost a lot of speed and i'm just not fast enough and uh it's a fun time i mean they have they have a, their own version of it at across the years that goes on uh on like new year's day or so uh where they have a mile loop and they do that mile loop every 15 minutes which i think is probably harder than four mile loop every every yeah. uh, hour so, uh, and you can see where that can be a grueling thing. There's, there's not much time for break in between. Uh, I just don't think I would be good at it anymore. It would be uh, interesting to see you, <clears throat> see you try though. And maybe you're right. And to your point, yeah, I mean, that does require uh, a certain amount of speed to just kind of get through those and the amount of rest you've had left. But it would almost play to some of your strength in terms of whether it be the uh, difficulty to not just spring back up or the difficulty of just getting bored or having the patience to be like one mile an hour. What am I going to do like with the rest of this time here where you'd be out on your feet more? It'd be interesting to see you just have a go at one, even if you are kind of a bit over that kind of speed hill or prime or whatever, yeah. just to see how it would go. Well, uh, let's say I, I honestly don't think I could do that good in it anymore. Uh, maybe I could have before, but not now. Uh, one of the, like one of the uh, old time ultras back in the early 1800s was when uh, Barkley, which Silverton 100, or the Silverton 1000 was kind of based on this, that uh, the Barkley challenge where he did a thousand miles in a thousand hours, every mile doing doing it. And uh, it's like Ed Dodd, one of the old timers, 
figured that I would probably be the best person in America for doing something like that. Uh, and that would that would really interest me, except for the fact that that's going to take like 40 days to do a thousand, a thousand hours. And, you know, I have gardens to take care of and, you know, things to do. I can't, How about this? Know. I will find a crew to tend your gardens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and well, uh, I would absolutely love to do it. But, you know, I, I also thought, you know, if I did that, you know what? I would try to put a little twist on it and uh, run one mile, walk one mile. So I would do two miles an hour for a thousand, a thousand hours. And I think I could do it. And I, I would run one, walk one. Just for a variation and make it more challenging. And right. I think I, I think I could, but uh, but that time frame is you know that kind of prohibits it. So, but it would be fun to try. It would definitely be fun. All right. Well, if you find one, I'll find a crew to tend your gardens. I'll work on a milk uh, company sponsorship for yeah. you to pay whatever expenses you have uh, from that. Uh, that lost uh, 40 days and we'll just give you a shot. Yes. That would, that would, that would be a, yeah, I, I would like it because that would, that would be a challenge that I think I would be good at and I could do. Uh, Are there any, and I'll let you go here. Um, I could probably keep bantering with you for a while now. Um, oh yeah. You're supposed to be there. I, yeah, some, I, I always figure I can't really, I haven't got an awful lot to say. And next thing you know, I've talked my head off. No. <laughs> and again, I could probably keep you on here uh, twice as long. The um, any any fun stories? So I checked in with uh, Dick Vincent. I think when I was, I asked if he wanted to be on for a bit as well. But he had a meeting, some uh, board meeting or something like that tonight. Otherwise, he may have joined us for a spell. Yeah. Um, he had mentioned one of the years for escarpment where you had done a, I think a twenty-four hour race and put in a little bit over a hundred miles. Started the Friday before escarpment and still came to escarpment. One year where you rode your bike bike over the race and still ran it. And um, any kind of fun or kind of this goes down and your memory is just a, a, a cool challenge for you that you kind of created and just to this day are just like, dude, that was awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. That one, you see I, the escarpment generally Vermont hundred is the week before it, but yeah, that one year I went down and did, uh, uh, the 24 hour down in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, finished at seven o'clock at night. So I had to just did 105 miles. I didn't do great or anything, you know, like that. It wasn't one of my better ones, but but I uh, had to run home quick so I could get up early in the morning and go down and do the escarpment. And I felt great. Wasn't you know, it wasn't one of my better escarpments at that at that time, but it's better than what I can do now. But uh, but I felt great, you know, and uh, and I said, uh, you know. That was fun. I, I, I like I like doing that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would always put things back to back. I, it seems like there were some other things that I did that were. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing. Uh, now, just for just for fun around here, uh, I have uh, something that I do and I took a couple people and I got to take some more this year is a fire tower challenge in the Adirondacks where, okay, got to go up early in the morning, go up a mountain, up to the top of the fire tower, back down, get in the vehicle, go up to another mountain with a fire tower, up to the top of that one, down, and you go from mountain to mountain. So, you know, you can eat on the drive to the next one. And uh, 
so so a couple different times I did fire towers in the day and uh want to do it this year maybe add a six one in they got to be close enough so you can drive to them but uh that's a fun challenge too uh just you know just an odd thing something a little different and uh you know it keeps it interesting fun so for those in your now that you've had uh Man, what is it? Uh, 33 years uh, into the uh, ultra sport trail uh, community. Uh, any off the top of your head? Uh, well, let's, I'm going to do two things. Um, actually, because I wanted to, nah, man, that would get us into a whole nother thread. I'm going to have to have you back on because I was going to, another one that I wanted to get into, uh, we're going to have to do part two. I'm going to have to pull you back on here uh, at some point. So let's just, let's use a kind of close out one. So for those, uh, just kind of getting into sport, finding the way into it. Um, any kind of words and wisdom of kind of where you've come from and uh, just to kind of bestow on this uh, next generation, picking up on uh, your heels here? Well, uh, mainly you got to enjoy yourself. Even, uh, even if you have, uh, you know, you can be in pain and still have fun. But don't take it too serious. I mean, you know, don't take any of it serious. Enjoy yourself. Talk with the people. And in ultra running, that I mean, when I initially got into it, that's what I found so great. I see all these people, these people, big names that I read about, and you just go up and you talk to them, and they're like, "Wow, ordinary people." They they talk to you. They're friendly. Everybody helps you. And uh, so you got to go into it and enjoy it. Yeah, you can, you can still try to be competitive and, uh, and try to beat people, but don't take it too serious and have fun with it. And if something doesn't go right, eh, don't worry about it. You know, just stick it out, finish. But of course, you know, if you DNF or something or other, Sometimes there's reasons, good reasons to DNF, but try not to, because if you do, it'll make it easier to do it again. Uh, and I, I haven't DNF, but that doesn't mean I won't sometime time out or something or other, you know. And, but stick with it. Do the best you can. Enjoy yourself and uh, be friendly with the other runners and with the everybody around you. Have fun with it. That's all. You you, you got to have fun with it. That's you know, that's the main thing. Just enjoy yourself. Well, I've enjoyed you uh, every time you've uh, been in the mix, um, and I think that it again uh, maintains very much a tie into uh, the roots of the uh, the sport. And so I think that that, as I mentioned, is a very critical uh, thing. Uh, and I am I'm. I'm thankful for you uh, still doing uh, what you're doing uh, after all these years. I think it's an inspiration uh, to many. Uh, it's a ground, I think, for many of us and a foundation of, of kind of where we come from. So uh, I appreciate you doing what you're doing. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking uh, some of the time out here tonight to just banter for a bit. Well, it's my pleasure. It wasn't nearly as hard as I uh, thought it would be. <laughs> right on. All right, dude. Well, maybe again, there are a couple things I wanted to get into. I'll check in with you and see whether you want to go for a round two and maybe we'll bring on some other guests for that round and places uh, 
places and faces that you've been with uh, over the years. But in case I don't uh, uh, talk to you before that, I look forward to seeing you uh, at Cayuga in June. Okay, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot. All right, dude. All right, thanks, Sean. Okay. All right, see ya. Yep, bye. All right. Um, we are going to weave in uh, Kim and Reagan and Art. And if uh, Becky finds her way to us as well, we will weave her in. And so for these uh, live episodes, I've tried to uh, have on a guest. Uh, and if I can make it a Beast Coast guest like John uh, to bring voices, which I think uh, often don't get as much representation as they could, especially a voice like John with an individual who's literally, uh, I feel like a giant uh, in our community. Um, it's just uh, truly a, a gift, I think, to have that uh, that time and experience. And so we'll try to go long, but then I'll also try to move into uh, bringing in some voices from the trail, some events, uh, some other RDs. And so we're going to do that for uh, the remainder of the next um, however long uh, this uh, segment uh, goes. Uh, weaving in Kim Alavinsky, who, Kim, thanks for being on with us again. It's been a frequent uh, guest. Uh, she has a race company, event company, uh, Saskatchewan. Uh, trail running. I still got the beanie up behind me uh, somewhere right. here. I still need to earn the beanie and actually show up to one of your uh, events and uh, get my my squatch on. Um, we have uh, Art Byram uh, with us from uh, Culture Trail Running, as well as uh, has been at the helm uh, on his own, as well as an entrant uh, over the years. And then Reagan, who I'm just uh, connecting with, I think for the first time, I don't think that we've overlapped uh, in the past. Uh, it is wonderful to have you on. And are you in the pod or are you part of the culture network? And no, okay. She's she's a definite friend of the pod and a favorite, a fan favorite too. Uh -huh. So, <clears throat> wow. So you're just a a a glutton for so many things that uh, that 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 culture yields. If you really kind of follow along, I mean, that's a lot of time of your life that you've wasted. You're kind of tuning into those episodes. <laughs> And we don't have your audio, Reagan. Reagan, I think it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I use that time for running. I latch on to them and go for runs and, and listen a lot. <laughs> and, and so what does that say? And then does it, is it the fire from the frustration from listening to these people uh, banter? Or is it like, are they actually providing you, maybe it's the humor. They're making you smile just thinking about it and, and giving you the, the fire there. Is it the sound training wisdom that you get from the culture episodes? <laughs> Gosh, I mean, there's so much to that. I would say all of the above and definitely the laughter. I have been known to um, kind of crack up and have to stop running because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> That's good. And so where John's come from, then he referenced and really just, in, you know, enjoying yourself. I suppose that uh, that echoes there in terms of enjoying the, the connections and the community uh, and just celebrating that in the I mean, I don't think you're going to get that as much from kind of the, the road or the track scene as much. No, for sure not. I mean, it, it definitely helps you laugh at yourself. <laughs> yep. Kim, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks, Ian. You are, was this your, this was the first of your year, right? Yes. In terms of event production? You got it. And you have, do you have six in the lineup? Seven? How many you got this year? What's coming? Oh, we've got 12. 12. Sweet yeah. Jesus. I know. Snowballed out of control. Yep. Um, that is uh, getting uh, out of control there. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of squatch going on. A lot of Speaking squat. of out of control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, 
Becky, yeah, speaking of out of control, here's Becky. Becky. Here's Becky you know, joining the scene, and things just went to a yeah, out of control. So Tim, Tim just directed um, uh, the uh, – was this the Frosty Fat Sass? Is that the yeah. – uh, yep. Yeah, Frosty Fat Sass. All right, so uh, tune us in uh, a little bit to what the Frosty Fat Sass is all about. Yeah, Frosty was our first race back in 2018, so – we, that's how Sasquad started out. It's it's the OG event, so it's pretty special. Uh, it's our it's a fat ass style, so it's no swag, no aid. You just show up, no whining, uh, and so it's grown. It's grown over the years. The first year we had 88 finishers, and this year we had 254 signups. Oh, wow. uh, two, about 214 showed up, so uh, it's great. We got a 5K loop, about 300 feet of elevation per lap. And then runners can do just a 5K or they can run the loop for three or six hours. Is that pretty evenly split? What are you seeing as trend lines in terms of what people are into in terms of this, the three This year or... it was, yeah, this year it was pretty split. Yeah, across the three events. There are about 70 to 90 in each of them. And you got relatively lucky with uh, weather and conditions? We did. I think because we've been slammed so hard the last five years, the weather gods decided to relent a little bit. It was great. It was perfect weather. It was like low, low mid 40s. We had some sunshine and we've had ice, sleet, monsoons in the past. So it was really nice this year. Becky and Art uh, and Reagan, was this your first uh, frosty fat sass? Uh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll jump in here. So, uh, yeah, I'd say uh, for me, it definitely was. Yeah, I had run there. It was the frosty version for Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I ran there once with uh, Kim put on another race there or was involved with another race uh, at South Mountain Reservation. And I used to mountain bike uh, there years ago when they allowed mountain biking there. Um, but uh, that was the first first time I had been to that, uh, you know, to that event. So how do you feel about um the name and participating in an event called the frosty fat sass how does that make you feel well i mean i don't know I, it, it's like you, you kind of feel stupid saying it but that's kind of like the point right so i don't know i'm not sure yeah. what the point is yeah uh -huh. it's like, sassy sassy yeah it, it i mean we can work with it right i mean it's i i don't know it's just we knew right from the beginning what we were getting into there uh with with Kim and with the whole, um, you know, community there. So we just kind of leaned into it, I'd say, you know, that was kind of our approach right from the beginning is to kind of, uh, lean into the event. And, um, you know, we just from, you know, from five o'clock in the morning when we all got together till, you know, till, you know, whatever. Eight o'clock at night when we all, yeah, all it was, we were, we were laughing the whole time. So, uh, and, and Becky and Reagan, was this your first uh, fat sass as well? No, we um, we both we were together when we did it in 2019 uh, with our two other friends of ours. Uh, we all went, and this was so. I, I think two things that I took away from this one was, oh my gosh, what a difference having good weather because when we did it in 2019, it was just like all the ice and every step. I'm like, I'm going to fall and break something. I know I'm going to fall and break something. Um, but also for me, it was so exciting to see this race come from in 2019 when I was there, there was a lot of people and there was a lot of enthusiasm and um, it, 
but to see it now in 2023 and to see how Kim and her group have have gotten this race to be so much bigger and and just the community that they have is a really really amazing and to see all of those runners and and so many people that that just stayed till the end that maybe didn't run the whole three hours or didn't run the whole six or maybe did the you know 5k and then we're done but stayed and watched everybody else I thought that was really cool and that it really spoke to what what Kim has created that was great yeah, I I, I want to jump. Maybe cry, Becky. Oh, oh yes, it's well, you gave me ten dollars, no, so wasn't I there was... like no whining or something like that? <laughs> Is that not? How do we lose that? But go ahead, Art. Yeah. yeah so, um, a lot of the big hundred mile races have the golden hour. Um, so this race doesn't have the golden hour, but um, it's always a challenge watching. You know, at, at timed races, watching the finish. And I don't know if I've ever seen a finish where so much of the race was involved and was there, you know, because if you don't finish that last lap before six hours, it doesn't count. So as the time's counting down, you know, there's five minutes to go and you see somebody coming through and it's like, oh, wow, that's good planning. Then you see somebody come through with three minutes and it's like, wow, that's really good planning. And then all of a sudden the clock starts ticking down and you're yelling and screaming at somebody who's in an all out sprint and making it by, you know, they had people making it by 15 seconds. And then like, by like coming in at the, you know, at the gun. So it was, uh, it was, it was, and it wasn't just like, you know, a typical ultra finish, right. Is like, somebody wakes up the race director and I mean, not you, of course, but somebody wakes up the race director and then like, you know, and you finish. This was like, you know, the whole, the whole field, you know, there were, there were a lot of people there cheering on uh, the finishers there uh, right down to the last second. Now, when you say uh, that, you know, that somebody comes in uh, five minutes ahead or six minutes ahead or whatever, the three minutes ahead and that, wow, that's some like good planning. I'm just reflecting on what that says about you are because, and is that really good planning? Like you had like an hour to get in like that, like three miles or whatever. Yeah. Do you really need to get in under three minutes? Because that really good planning, or do you like, yo, like we? That's like getting in your homework, like just under the wire or whatever. Like maybe that's actually poor planning oh, there. Actually, it's here's the thing. It's a cruel. It's such a cruel format uh, because at some point in the race, you get a feel for what a lap what you're going to do your laps in right and you know that you know for some people it's going to be 30 minutes other people it's going to be 45 minutes whatever it is 25 minutes whatever that is at and then so after you know the first two or three hours you kind of you got that nailed down and you know what your laps are then all of a sudden you start doing the math like how many laps can i fit in and then how much and then all of a sudden you might have a good lap or a bad lap and then it like you're recalculating and you're like, oh, shit, that means that, you know, because the last thing you want to do if you're trying to really race this thing, which I don't, you know, not everybody is, but everybody is probably to a certain extent. You start doing that math and you're like, oh, I left myself and it happened to me. I left myself uh, 25 minutes, which, um, you Dude, know, that's like an eight. What eight twenty mile or whatever you need to you need to get I know, that I know. I could have done it, of course, but uh, Reagan, explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, he finds me on the trail, and I basically 
you know, made him stop running and made him start walking with me. He mm. had like weird things in his hand and I just like totally took oh, yeah. her. What and... kind of weird thing? What are we talking about here? No, what kind of weird things? <laughs> he was he was like, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Is it mushrooms, fungi? I don't know. It was chips. They were chips, but. <laughs> I had grabbed, I was kind of like, I don't know. There's a lot of drama sometimes out on the out on the trail. So I had a, a handful of uh, Fritos that I was just grasping. I was holding on to them because I needed to eat, but I didn't have time to stop and eat. So I just like, I was like grabbing everything that I could without putting it, without eating it. And then running with like a handful of Fritos. And then like my hands started to cramp because I was holding on to this thing for like, it was like, we we're like a mile into the loop. And I'm still holding on to this thing of Fritos. And then I look down and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, what the, what is this? You know, so. <laughs> and it didn't look like those little mushrooms that come off of, um, you know, like the tree. And it was like growing out of his hand. Yeah, it's like, yeah. The, yeah, it was like the, whatever, the, the chicken fungus that tastes the, like chicken or whatever. Chicken of the woods, yeah. Now geese are still there on the, the back end. I mean, it takes you like what six days to get into your point of depletion where you don't know what the hell's going on it just took art like basically like one loop to get halfway through and be like i don't even know what this is in my hand i know that's why like i i was listening to him and i was like oh i don't want to come on because like i'm just like so out of my league there. i'm listening to him like he can run while he sleeps i mean i can run without a headlamp but like he can run you know he can run in his sleep. I mean, my gosh. Yeah, but what Art didn't tell you is that then he finishes the loop because Becky then pulls up and laps for like, I think the third or fourth time on me. And he sees Becky and then they go. And then what did he do, Becky? He then like took I off. know, he, he dropped me. <laughs> dropped me like a bad I, habit, that one. I was wow. like, oh, that's so awesome. And then afterwards, I'm like, that's so great. And then and then Art fills me in on his, uh, his whole screen. <laughs> right, Art? I, yeah, I just, you know, I just, I, I, I don't mind you beating me, but I just didn't want to get laughed. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're friends. I just, I didn't want to get laughed. That's, that's the truth. So I don't know. So I, I have actually do have a question to ask him. Um, Art was saying that that you told him that on one of the loops, he was just randomly drawing things and not actually putting <laughs> yeah. like what. It's, I, I told him, I'm like, what is going on, Art? This oh. usually takes a while for the craziness to come out. But yeah, like, you, you I, I walked it. over. I walked over to the loop board because it's it's old school where you keep track of your own loops, and Art's just there. Just I don't know. It was just a while. Boring. I was like, Art, are you okay? Just making a little like, cat or like yeah. a little rainbow or something. <laughs> and, and I can't believe I didn't have time to do that extra lap. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You are on another planet. <laughs> yeah, I, it is a challenge. You know, I'll I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah, I. It's funny because a six hour is a weird thing for me because like I always every time I do these runs, I I struggle. Even if you know if it's a hundred or whatever, I struggle somewhere between twenty and thirty miles. I just I hit a little low period for just a you know usually a brief period. You know, throw up a little or whatever, and then. <laughs> <laughs> And, and then, you know, I, I come back. So it, it just, uh, I think you asked me like, are, you know, do you need some electrolytes? And it was yeah. like, you said the question and I just like, I You didn't couldn't. say anything. No, I, I <laughs> you just I, stared I, at I, me. wasn't computing. 
<laughs> the oh, blank man. stare at hour five where he's trying yeah. to get out the question and it's just it's it's kind of like the scene from the matrix where his lips just get kind of melded yes. together like you can That's tell exactly he's trying to say something, but yes. like there's there's nothing happening kind of in there yeah yeah yes that's, that's, that's how it goes sometimes, you know, so. And so, Kim, for this environment and for Sasquatch, I mean, I think you've done a pretty, um, you've been pretty successful in fostering this community and setting the stage for the personality of your events. And it, and it carves out your, I don't know, one, I don't know if niche is the right word, but I mean, definitely the, the personality of your space. And so, um, where art may have preferred uh, in that moment in confusion to have the the golden shower at the end you're you're promoting the golden hour at the end and a lot of people kind of hanging out oh no you didn't and so you and so but you've created a pretty successful community that's been uh it's not necessarily you know necessarily about the leaders or whatever it's about the people really sticking it out for the the full thing thanks ian yeah it's i mean the community is made up of people and we just have amazing people that come out to these events um I think we try really hard to make it inclusive with it doesn't matter how fast or slow you are. And an event like this is great timed. You know, we had people who just hiked, they didn't run anything. And they can do, you know, they could be out there the same amount of time as these elite runners who are throwing down, you know, 30, 40 miles. And somebody might be hiking and do, you know, nine or 10. Um, so that's what we're trying to do is just make it safe and inclusive and goofy and just provide the opportunity for people to go into another planet, you know, like art did. So, <laughs> and that is, that's the next stage of, I think, uh, wokeness and inclusivity mm -hmm. is the ability to have art in your event and just kind of up there, kind of, kind of drawing on your, like your, yes. your board or whatever in kind of you a space. I mean, that's it. inclusion. Safe space. <laughs> Safe space. Yeah. I do want to mention because I don't think Becky will say, but she once again. You won. took the win, didn't you? She did. This is the second or third time. How many times have you won this? Yeah. Second time. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Rocked it. Yeah, it was. I I think one of the things that draws me to the, the timed races is that I love the opportunity to to see all the different runners. Like when I have all these fast people that are passing me and I'm able to watch them like going down technical stuff or just seeing how they're taking the, the uphills is, I really enjoy that because I can learn a lot from them. Um, and then you see some of the hikers that like, I, that I'm going past and I'm thinking, wow, these people are hiking at a really like awesome clip and just like, just so paced and so even. And, and there were some people that you know, I did pass them a couple of times, but I was like, wow, like every loop, they were like spot on. Like they were, you knew that they were getting like loop after loop in the, you know, in the same time. And it's, I, it, I, I, I just think it's, it's great. Cause you just get, I don't know. It's like, you get, you get to see so many people and, and watch them and learn from them and, and get good vibes from, from them. And, and I love that. So that was fun. And you must, uh, let's be honest, at some point feel like a boss when you're passing somebody for like the third time. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, uh, um, this is, uh, yeah, um, I'm just going to sail by. Hi, my name's Becky. I'll see you again in a bit because I'm actually running kind of, well, I'm actually running uh, here and um, I'll be back in just a few minutes. I, you know, in this, this race, I didn't, I went into it thinking, 
um, all right, I, I want to get in 10 loops, but we'll see what happens. I haven't been training great. And um, so I was just kind of hoping that, but thinking it might not be 10. And so as I was running, when I realized that I was definitely that 10 was good and I thought, oh my gosh, I, I could get 11. And then I realized that I had been running the exact pace to get in 11 the whole time. So once I realized that I could do it, there was no wiggle room. And I was like, I could still do it. I could still do it. And then, you know, to be like, no, no, you, you don't, you don't have it. But it, it was nice to be able to finish and not beat myself up over it and feel like I had to, you know, go out and do it or, you know, I was a failure or something like that. I just was like, all right, it's not, not in the cards for me today. So, and everybody was so darn nice. <laughs> it, <laughs> you know. it, it is nice that everybody's usually so darn nice uh, in these events. <laughs> Um, and especially if you're kind of hanging out post-race and just like bathrobes and slippers, or is that, yeah. that, that was post-race? Yeah. Pre yeah, pre and post. Pre and yeah. post. Mm -hmm. These guys stole the show with their bathrobes. People were taking pictures, wanting <laughs> autographs. It was amazing. <laughs> it's just so exciting. Like when I, when I had finished and I went back over to, um, our table, which was like probably about a hundred meters from the finish and, I was standing over there and I'd see the people coming in for their lap. And I was, I just get so excited when I see them finishing. And it's not even like I necessarily know these people, but I'm like jumping up and down and they're kind of like, yeah, this is cool. You're happy. But then they kind of give me the look like, why are you so happy? I've never met you before. And I'm like, you know, it's so good. Um, but it's, it just like, it's, it's, it's silly, but it, it's, it's funny that you get so excited for these for these individuals and for them finishing, you know, what could be a great race for them, or maybe it's not a great race, but like you, you see them coming in and you just get so happy for them. So, mm. yeah. So that, that I, was me. <laughs> I, I think it's cool that you get to also just the fact that you get to see other people in the race. Cause I mean, a normal, you know, not a normal race, but a normal race, you're going to start out and you know what the, the fast people are going to go fast. The slow people are going to go slower and, then there's going to be just a little bit of shuffling during the day, you know, a, a little bit of back and forth, but this, you get to, you really do get to experience other people's races because you see them all day. So that at the end, it's like, yeah, I remember that guy, you know? Um, and I don't know, it's, and you get to spend a lot of times, you know, I would be having a bad lap and somebody else would be having a good lap or vice versa. And, you know, you end up running, you know, I, I met a, I met a guy from uh, Maryland who was there who had been running like, you know, he was quite a runner, you know, he was, um, geez, I should remember his name, but you know what? There's, I don't know. There's just a lot of chances to meet people there, you know? Um, so it's, I, I, that's one of the things I like about it. So. Which goes hand in hand with the, uh, again, uh, going back to the, the culture uh, that you've created with your events, Kim, too, right? I mean, that format then makes it a more social and a more kind of uh, communal uh, effort and, and people in contact. And it just kind of uh, is just further, uh, I think, speaks to that environment. Trail party. Trail party. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, and I have my little shirt on, too. Yeah, I was going to say her swag is so cool. Oh. Like all the stuff, like the, <laughs> they have the stickers and the bumper stickers. Oh my gosh. It's was so there awesome. something, was there something on your butt there that you were I out of the screen? Was, I, I was just trying to just do a little. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, so. that's why we don't have a video. Maybe we should have a video channel. We probably. <laughs> it's good that there's boundaries to the uh, the camera on the uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was excitement. And I imagine there was also excitement that for the, if the three of you pulled up in just kind of a, a windowless white van and then you got out in your bathroom. Because <laughs> or you said that that was kind of, or maybe that, that was kind of fun or whatever. And I don't know, like maybe some may read that as creepy sometimes. It's like yes. this old guy in a bathroom. Like, I'm well, not sure what's going to be under there. Exactly. And we keep them guessing. And Becky kept asking people, hey, could we take your picture? <laughs> oh man <laughs> i'm on my way to the porta john can i take your picture <laughs> you know i don't know <laughs> well yeah hopefully you're saying that in the porta john line and just had him think yeah. like i'm not sure where the boundaries are here i'm not really yeah. sure <laughs> i'm i'm not yeah. sure right now uh but i know that that guy is the uh face of inclusion that he was up there just kind of scribbling on the board and now he's asking to, if I can get his picture, like in the Portage Online. Yeah. Um, Nothing creepy about that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, maybe, maybe going forward, Kim, you you learn to weed some of these people out of here. You race the bathroom. You see the entry come in, and you're just like, oh, actually, we just hit the wait list. You're, yeah. you're we'll, no, uh, we're sold out. No more spots. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. uh -oh, in, Oh, he did freeze. No, now he's unfrozen. And Kim, you you guys hit a, a milestone in your fundraising too, correct? We did. Yeah, we've been raising funds for the South Mountain Conservancy since we started 2018. So now it's up to, it was like 11,300 is the total to the Conservancy, which is great because that goes right really back awesome. into those trails. These are, uh, they have a whole chainsaw gang that goes out, any tree that goes down. Uh, it's really that group, that Chainsaw volunteer gang. group. Yeah. That's so it's so great cool. to it's great to give back. That really and, is. And you use or you have a, a couple different entities you're giving back to that kind of changes based on the area that you're in. Yeah, every race we're we're linked up with a charity or nonprofit that's local to that location where we're hosting the race. Um, and then there's a couple repeats. Like we do a lot of fundraising for the New York New Jersey Trail Conference. So each of our New York events that we've added to the calendar or with the trail conference, they co-sponsor. But yeah, every every race has a nonprofit or charity partner. And I have to look at the total after this race, but I think we're up to almost like $34,000 since 2018 to all the charities. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is really cool. It's awesome to see. And then, you know, you hear the stories from these groups and they, they'll share pictures of what you know, the donation is going towards. So it's- Don't you just like, when you hear this, like, and, and you see like the work you've done, don't you sometimes look look in the mirror and you're like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, are you just like, yeah, I'm awesome. Look at me. I'm, I would do it if you no, want. I'm, I'm like well, cringing, cringing, cringe, cringe. You don't get in your canoe. I'm going to get in the Kim canoe. We need, <laughs> you know what? We need to make a Kim canoe and we just need to start, we just need to start paddling it. Because- because her amazing fundraising for all this stuff, it's just like you're in the canoe and you're just going like this. All these places. <laughs> just letting it rain with the money. I think I got to go. It's time for this day. <laughs> <laughs> but now we know what, what Becky does uh, in her, her quiet moments where it's Becky time. And she's, she's in the bathroom. She's turned around. She's doing the whatever she was just doing in terms of the shake. And she's just doing this, like I'm in her canoe, in her happy canoe. In the canoe. In the canoe. <laughs> I'd much rather be in other people's canoes than mine. I don't want to be in my own. I'm boring. But 
Kate, can, speaking of canoes, can Ian, can I get in your canoe for one minute? I'm not sure. I can. I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to get in. Tapped out. Waitlisted. <laughs> Waitlist. Waitlist activated. No, canoe, I'm not. One of those performance kind where there's only room for one. In a canoe. There, oh, yeah. You know what there's room for? 456. Am I right? Oh, man, I'm getting old. Giesel, you're still hanging on. You want to join this banter? <laughs> Dude. You, you can just exit yourself in the stream uh, at any point. I'm going to bring you in, but you're like, dude, I'm, it's time for me to check out and, and, and just check out because this is weird and I, I don't know you people and I should be sleeping. But since you're there, just because maybe you'd have some, some fun things to add because a couple times I want to reference. Um, and then I just thought of you here too because we were talking about the age grading and like, so I just, and what Becky's referencing um, in my canoe um, I kind of felt like I was a canoe in this, uh, was I just jumped in the, uh, Hartshorn Masters Mile. Have you heard of that one before, Geesler? Has that been on your radar? No. It, it's an indoor, uh, mile Masters, uh, race. Uh, it's been going, I don't know how many years now, a long time, uh, here in Ithaca. It's run off at Barton Hall at Cornell and it's just Masters and there's been some world marks set. There's been age groups. There was a Michelle, I forget Michelle's last name. She was a prior Olympic race walker. Uh, and she just set a national mile record for women's 55 to 59, I think. I think she ran a 516, I believe, um, wow. and was just flying. Her target was 512. She's going after a world, I think, mark, and 512 yeah. would have set pace. But so for me, I just felt like I just felt stale. My legs felt heavy. I, we first two laps were out way slow for it. The whole, the whole heat was. I still came up just DFL uh, in my heat. I just couldn't crawl out of that that last spot. Um, my my A goal was to um, run under 450. The B was 455. I hit the C of just getting under five, and so it was a 456 mile, um, which which whatever. Like I I'm I'm good with that. But when you're talking about age grading, I think the age grade was like 424. Um, whereas I think my, my, uh, I think just PR as a mile in the earlier years, um, was somewhere around like four fifteen or so. So to only be like 10 seconds off age grading of that PR, I'm like, all right, well, maybe that, that wasn't so, uh, bad. So it seems like to your point that maybe those age grading kind of standards, uh, do kind of work or, or line up to some degree. Yeah, I think they do. Um. I mean, it, it usually proves out. You you get older, you age grade your times, and if you're fit, you will a lot of times end up getting the kind of times you got when you were good, <laughs> better in your prime. So I, I think they're legit. So, Becky, if, if you and Art and Reagan want to show up uh, in – bathrobes next year uh to the Hartshorn masters mile um as long as it's not the same and i think it'll might be maybe a, a different weekend from fat sass next year as well like this was uh two weekends ago now maybe you guys need to come out and just see what you can do in a mile oh a mile huh a mile uh, yeah Gisa, what do you think you can run a mile in oh, now now uh, oh no it's pathetic no. I, it, well it, relative it, Relatively. No, speaking. no, no, really. It it takes me four or five miles before I warm up and can do anything. Okay, so do a four or five mile warm up yeah. before the uh the race and then what can you do? I mean the best. But isn't mile that like ever... a flex though? Like too, because I, I, I feel that way too, where it's like, oh man, 
some senses I'm like, oh, I just need so many miles to warm up. And then people will be like, but did you just hear that? Like you actually need to do a bunch of miles to get a fast mile. And I'm yeah, like, my, why? That sounds my good. Fastest so, mile, yeah, my fastest mile in Vermont is the last one. See, easily. that's pretty awesome. Wow. Easily, easily. I'm You're like, listen, everybody, I was I was just taking it easy on you, and now I'm just dropping the hammer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of how he rolls, which is kind of how art rolls, too, I think, to a certain extent. But the... Uh, um, I think the governor drops at the end. You know that you got... You know what? Because you, you can hit that finish line as, as tired as you want. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, matter. the barn door is open. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I've run with the barn door down, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when that when, happens. When you said that, you know, you said that your age grade was the 424 and your best was around a 415. But when you were doing that 415, I'm assuming that you were training specific for those kinds of distances. Yeah, I think that, well, yes and no. That would have been an indoor um, mile uh, indoor conversion. And I never really took indoor seriously. I really enjoyed cross country and I really enjoyed steeplechase. And I just felt like it was a lot for somebody to try to be on for three seasons. It just, mm. that was just a lot. And so I never took indoor seriously. And so, yeah, but I think that's also factored into, I would guess like the age grading, like, I don't know about you all, but like my body just won't like, even if I had the time and could live like a professional athlete, like, I don't think my body will reliably take 70 plus miles a week and doing, you know, whatever workouts. Mm. And I think that's mm. just part of, I mean, that's, maybe just me, but I think that's kind of factored in. So I, I, th I think that you're right, but I think it's also the case where even if I had, again, the time, like I, I don't think that I could do it anyway. But Can yeah. I ask you a, a steeplechase question? Yeah. Have, have you ever on your last lap of the steeplechase, you're tired, things are, you know, whatever. Have you ever like dumped it over one of the steeples and gotten a black eye? No, not at all. Have you? Are you are you speaking from experience there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? yeah no. You've never dumped it over any of the steeples, though. No. You never just like bit it really hard. No, but I I, I think it's funny when people do. I mean, I I will also. Oh yeah, but there was some people laughing. Luckily, there weren't many people around. <laughs> I, I bet you. That's what. That's part of the fun, right? People kind of it crowd really around. The, the, I, I would have laughed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. I it was. Yeah. So was that what you did uh, uh, high school or college and also went down in like a, a race? I, we did it once. Um, it was like the first collegiate big conference meet or whatever, where it was women were doing the steeplechase. And my coach was like, all right, I'm having you four do it because, you know, a lot of people aren't doing it and we'll get easy points. And so we're all, you know, 19 and stupid and we're like, all right. So, um, so we trained somewhat for it and then did it and um i did not stick with it after that uh the the black eye was a little much <laughs> and the blood running down my face was a bit much so um i mean it was fun uh but but my two two of my friends actually stuck with it and they they were uh, really good uh so but i scored a point nice for, yeah for so you team, still got so. up and you finished and you, yeah. you got back over those and luckily so like nobody saw it wasn't until i finished and was over with the team and my coach was like, why are you bleeding from your eye? <laughs> and I'm like, why am I bleeding from my eye? Mm. Um, so, yeah. There's not many track races where, and, and they are, there was one, one teammate, um, Michael Kennedy, I'm pretty sure you're not watching, uh, but he was a steepler uh, a year ahead of me. And I think that uh, just remembering 
he didn't go down on the water barrier, but I still feel like it's like the um, uh, the thunder uh, heard around the world. I think it was one of his. Um, I think I was already done. He was probably going into one of his like final laps, and this was on the far side. I think it was the barrier before the uh, the water uh, barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, and suddenly we just heard this loud thud, like just this big <laughs> whack, and then just like this very very loud and audible uh, just like whimper (laughs) and he had just like nailed his leg and he just crumpled and fell over the other side it was just just done he was just like broken and i don't know if he i don't know if he finished that day or not or walked it in or whether he ran another steeple um but there is some some humor that can come out of that that event there is yeah yeah. yeah. I, I, when I fell, I mean, I, all my weight went right on my face because I, 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 I hit my foot and I was just so tired that I wasn't, you know, my reaction time. So everything went right on my face. But I guess the good thing is that when I did it, I was so embarrassed that I just jumped up as quickly as I could and was like, oh my God, I hope nobody saw that. Oh my God, I hope nobody saw that and kept running and, and didn't even, you know, pay attention because I, I was so embarrassed and so nervous about it that, the, the pain didn't didn't come in Ready until uh-huh. yeah until about 10 minutes after the race was done and then I was like wow that hurt that really hurt so and you but. were the first wave of, of women you know participating in the steeple and here your coach is like ah crap this is why women can't do steeple that's why the, <laughs> the freaking yeah. ladies what we- <sighs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah so but hopefully you know if you ever do the steeple again and you fall don't worry because you're in good company yeah. Speaking of age, uh, I thought about that, whether, I mean, have you, th- like, I don't physically in terms of what's possible. I'm mean, Geesley, you talk about yourself being busted up. Like, I think I've gone over a couple barricades waiting for uh, kids at practice or whatever. And like, man, I don't know if I could finish one of those anymore. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I can't believe I even did it. Like, I can't believe my coach even thought I had enough, um, uh, I don't know that I could put one foot in front of the other and not fall. You probably also mean. didn't think that you're going to be winning six hour races here. But now I definitely fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So the, um, for you, John, they, they were just mentioned with some of the Sasquad races in this one, there was the, the benefit of the social angle of seeing kind of friends, every loop. You got a preference for things that are really uh, strung out versus uh, repeat or loop courses where you're staying in contact with people and more of a uh, a party. I mean, Kim, I don't know whether Kim or, or you've met John or you guys are, are connected uh, as an RD. If not, you can hopefully find yourself to some of Kim's uh, trail parties. But as she says, every every event's a party. Yeah. Well, the timed races. Yeah. The, the advantage with the time races. Well, one thing, there's no DNFs. Uh, and another thing is you get to run with various people at different times, fast people, slow people, whatever you want to walk a lap. You can walk a lap with somebody and you, you have great conversations and they're, they're just one big party. You eat when you want, you sit when you want, you move when you want, you talk to people. It's one, just, just one big party. That's all. No pressures. And you ming- mix and mingle with everybody. Uh, you have a conversation with somebody. Uh, you finish it up a little bit later. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Trail races, they have their own charm. But, uh, you know, you take off. I mean, the first mass of nothing I did, I never saw another runner the whole race after the mm -hmm. start. So, mm -hmm. you know, you can enjoy the nature and you can enjoy it and everything. But the timed races, they're, they're just one big party. That's all it is. I mean, that's, that's, you're, you're there for a good time. I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it is fun. Just the relationships that you meet there, you know, or the, you know, that you make there, uh, with, with different people. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's, it, and it's, it's, it's kind of cool too. Cause I don't know, it gets mixed up every time you come into, you know, every time you hit the start of the loop again, it kind of like hits a reset too. So, you know, you might start out and all of a sudden you're, you know, you see somebody who stayed in the aid station a little bit longer than you did, you know, if you ran straight through. Um, so you, you never know who, you know, it, like it gets reset every loop. So what, um, Kim for Sasquad, any, uh, you got any favorites in your lineup that are coming this year that you're looking forward to? Really looking forward to our March and April events. March will be back at South Mountain for the Squatch Apple. It's, uh, we got 11 miles up to 50 miles and that race has really exploded over the last few years. I think we're going to, we're going to sell out at 300 soon. It's a lot of signups have already come in for that race. And then. Uh, you're familiar with the whole Bear Mountain saga. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're, we've moved that race to April. And, you know, I was nervous about signups because the race had to move from May to April, but it exploded and uh, it's going to sell out, I think, with 300 people. So That's really, awesome. really excited for that. And um, I'm hearing runners who are telling me they're, si they're signing up for Big Bear and Breakneck. It's kind of a little challenge. Mm -hmm. um, so that's cool to do that back to back April and May. That's cool that it's becoming a big enough community where, um, I mean, that, that can be feasible, right? I mean, I, I guess yeah. there's, it's tough for us that it's uh, maybe a challenge to uh, come up with enough volunteers to, to make the uh, events work. I mean, because if we're appealing to like similar bases or whatever, but to see that the entry pools are, are holding and we're able to do it, I mean, that just speaks to how much it's grown as well, um, which is pretty wild. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it's exciting. It's exciting to see people get involved, newbies get involved. Um, we've been lucky with volunteers. We have a lot of folks that want to come out. Um, I haven't had to beg yet. So people are they're signing up ahead of time to get in on volunteering. Um, we are doing our first 100 miler. So I wanted to mention that. We're doing that in September up at Way Wayanda State Park in Jersey. Uh, generous cutoff. We're going to do 36 hours for the 100 miler called the wild goose 100 uh so check it out online we're we're gonna be out there for 36 hours anyway so we're throwing some timed events in there as well uh but we've got that is uh september 23rd and 24th oh it's like almost my birthday oh my gosh. so is it a loop it's a loop course or yeah we're you well we're using about 18 miles of trails we have three different circuits so you're going out and you're coming back into the aid station. We have a central aid station. Uh, and that's being captained by two 200-mile uh, triple crown finishers. So the aid station is going to be wild. Uh, mm. They're already talking. They're bringing, like, smokers and grills and fryers. Oh, my God. 
Yeah. Smoker. You could put my foot in a smoker and I'd eat it. <laughs> Anything smoked is delicious. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. They're talking oh. about like pork tacos and stuff. So pretty excited about the it. Smell of the smoke. I love that place too. I want to go. I'm, I'm going to run that. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going biased. on the record right now. I'm going to run that because I I used to camp there. I used to windsurf there. I used to mountain bike there. That was my favorite place to. I camped there every. I'd camp there five times a year. Aww. It's beautiful. Yeah, the oh trails gosh, are, are yeah. really beautiful. I'm biased now. I just moved up here, so I'm literally two and a half miles from Wayweyanda. Mm. Uh, so I, I just really love the name, Wayweyanda. Yeah. Yes. Well, it means it's got to be cool. It means the way the way of the wild goose is the translation. So that's why we're calling it the oh. wild goose 100. <sighs> I like it. Now I don't know about a wild. A I've never met like a non-wild goose. Like I've never met like a just like a, a tame <laughs> captive goose. But it seems like all the gooses, wild or not, that I've met are either just kind of like chilling. Um, or they're kind of getting the hell out of here. Like they're just like mm, yes. they're just going like, like a goose. So. Yeah. In terms of like the way of the wild goose or whatever, yeah. I'm not sure what they were getting at there. Yeah. Well, you've never <laughs> been you've never been hissed at by a goose. Oh, I have. All right, you're right. I have. Yeah. Been goose egged. Can. Goose egg. I raise geese. Goose egg. You do? Yeah, I I have geese in my yard. Oh, <laughs> I raise. Do they not you pet them? Oh well, I used to. I don't spend as much time with them. So but they, they must know and, that you're still. They, they like would dad. eat out of my hand and stuff before, you know. But uh, I don't get to spend as much time with them as I used to. Oh, I want a pet goose. Do you hear that, Betty? Yeah, I'm gonna get a they pet can goose. also be pretty aggressive. <laughs> yeah, ones. yeah. All right, so you're looking forward to that, and it is a truly for those uh, who may be uh, catching this a truly beautiful. Uh, area, uh, Mountain Lakes uh, region of New Jersey that most people uh, don't know exists at all. Um, <laughs> and uh, nice. And but man, that's that's some also some some pressure there, right? I mean, are you, are you the that makes it the fourth event running at Wawayanda there? I think there's a, another local crew that does one. There's the yeah, there's a couple. There's the way way over way over yonder, I think yep. is Dave's Dave's race company. Dave's a great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was a new one that popped up this past year is a 50 miler in October, I believe. Um, raccoon something. Can't remember the race company, but uh, yeah, there's a couple of events there. It's a beautiful park. They're so easy to work with too. I think that's appealing mm -hmm. is when the permitting process is a breeze. Uh, just, just like bear mountain, basically. But how many you see a lot of bears? I mean, there, I mean, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't feel free to not uh, not answer that question. Yeah, you cut out there. I didn't hear what yeah, you Yeah, yeah, it was it was awful blurry. Poor I, Kim. I said, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, all right. Go. go. So yeah, I was no. saying there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of bears there to it. Yes. Way on it or way way on it, however you That say. is correct. Yeah. Uh, yes. Do you have you seen some bears out on your, your runs there? I Have see you a seen bear. more bear than goose? Geese? Goose? Yeah. Yeah. Geeses? Yeah. Fall, fall <laughs> I think it's geeses. I think that's wings. what we should go. We should go with geeses. A lot of bear. A lot of bear. I've Very seen smart. I've seen bears making baby bears on the trail. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that was a sight. Yep. See, wow. that's now you have a race, okay? People would pay to see that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's 
Maybe that maybe work that into the name of the race somehow. They were right in the middle of the trail and they were annoyed at me that I was. I would imagine so. I mean, I would be annoyed at you too if I was just (laughs) that's what I was doing in that moment and on the trail. And you're like, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I quick I quickly turned around and found another trail. You just told them, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. (laughs) Well, first I streamed them to Instagram and then I turned around. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, well, so why, so wildlife abounds, and that's so exciting that you're that you're going into a hundred mile territory with your you know with your races. That's super exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, years years in the works. So it was always on the dream board since day one, but something that we wanted to wait till we got you know five six years into it. Hmm. Um, and so I'm excited. It's it's a it's a runnable course, truly. It's it's truly rolling hills. I know some race directors say like rolling hills, and it's not, mm. uh, but it is. There's around eleven thousand feet of climbing over the course of the hundred, and we are only going to have two cutoffs. So your first cutoff is not until mile ninety four. So we don't wow. care how long it takes you to get to ninety four, uh, and then the final cutoff is thirty six hours. So we really really want new newbies to come out there's no qualifying event requirements just a volunteer requirement for people to participate what is the volunteer requirement uh we're doing eight hours of volunteer nice. work and it could be anywhere it could be yeah. trail building it could be at races whatever you just have to let us know where it's at i love that and i love that 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 you're doing that because that's it helps everybody you know um so yay well, I think you're going to see our names on that registration. All right. And we will be there in our bathrobes. Bring the bathrobes. Yeah. 36 <laughs> hours of bathrobes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Betty well, doesn't that, like that. <laughs> that's something to look forward to. What else? Uh, and that's on your deck, Kim. And how about, how was your energy last year in terms of participating? Are you entered in anything or any adventures um, that you're looking forward to that you'll have energy left for for yourself? Yeah, I can share. Uh, I'm going to be doing the long path in New York in July. So I'm going for the, the women's supported FKT for that. Whoa. Which is, what's the, what's the metric? What's the distance and the time FKT current? Yeah, there, well, there's currently no female who's recorded an FKT. Um, Don't think of recording one, anyone. You wait. Becky, you need to get out there <laughs> now. If you're listening, you want to go out, by all means, go for it. But uh, it's 350. 300- Kim talking about miles 358. It runs from Albany area down to Manhattan. So I'm going to go mm. north to south. Uh huh. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. That's real yeah. cool. And what will be the target? I'm guesstimating a minimum of eight days. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll see. Over the next dozen. Yeah, we'll see. The next six months or so, I'm going to go out and do the sections that I haven't gone on just to see what the terrain's like. And I think that'll give a more accurate, you know, estimation of how long it's going to take. But it's fun. We I've got some friends who are already, you know, we're working on logistics. And I, I love the run venture style of going out and planning stuff like this. So I've got I'm, I geek out on the maps and the GPX and spreadsheets and stuff. So I'm excited about it. Cool. That is and, so exciting. That's going to be so many people that are, I'm just imagining that, that you've helped 
get across finish lines and, and meet their goals that I think there's going to be so many people that are going to be rooting for you and, and, and cheering you on and, and, you know, out there. I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Becky. <laughs> and July, you got the longest uh, birth of uh, daylight, uh, even though it may be hotter than the bejesus out there. I know. I know. There's, there's some trade-offs, you know, the, the daylight is the most appealing thing for me. Uh, I'll have to contend with the heat and probably bugs, but I feel like that's a good trade-off for extended daylight. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, that is, that's awesome. And so you're training, um, just like uh Giesler, you maintain a very strict uh, training log and you pay attention to your Strava metrics uh, at the end of the year. Uh, Kim, I imagine you're, you got a set plan that, I mean, you're going to build up with something fierce or it's just like, I'm, I'm just going to go out and do this and I don't have time to, to get coached. <laughs> um, I don't have a coach, so it is a little bit of freestyling. Uh, but yeah, I've been building over the last couple of months. So now I'm starting to cut back a little bit on the strength training and focus more on volume for mileage, but Still going to stick with strength training because that has kept me injury free the last year. Um, so, yeah, just working up to building miles, time on feet, and definitely focusing on hiking, doing a lot of hiking. Because mm -hmm. ultra running is really just hiking. So, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you have such a good, but I, I like your plan. Like, it sounds like a very thoughtful like plan, especially like the strength training and then, yeah, the hiking. Like, the, I think it was at your race in 2019 that I was like, yep, I really need to get better at when I'm like climbing these hills and I'm not running and I'm walking. I've got to come up with like a good, a good hike method where I'm, I'm not, you know, walking around a mall kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. I thought I hiked a lot training for Tahoe last year and then halfway through, I was like, man, I should have hiked more. So <laughs> that's the biggest takeaway is to just really get some long days on, on feet and practicing that hiking. So Keesler, when she gets in around 350 miles and she notices that there's suddenly a mattress in front of her on the trail, do you have any words of wisdom on, <laughs> on what she does in that moment? Enjoy it. You're, you're, you're getting the, you know, you're getting the free high. You don't actually have to take acid or anything like that, you know. Just... Enjoy the show. Yeah. And if you can catch the mattress, you can lay on it, but you'll never catch it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. When the when your soul separates from your body, that's a good time. I'm looking forward mm. to getting back there. Oh, yeah. Did you did you get there uh at Tahoe? I did. Yes, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, there were there were polar bears and igloos. <sighs> yeah, they were That's real. Pretty though. awesome. Yeah, but they were real. So sure they were. Were they real? <laughs> oh, Becky. <laughs> no, I thought that you were. I... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of polar bears out in Lake Tahoe. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said it so like at first I'm like, Wild oh, it's so one. funny, but then you like sounded so genuine. I was Double like, down. oh my god, I had she no idea. Yeah, you didn't have an idea. I didn't. I didn't. I know. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome because a lot of people pay a lot of money or just go to the zoo to see polar bears. Like you can just, you could just yeah, you could just stay <clears throat> up for you know, forty hours straight, and there they are. 
Yeah, that's great. Maybe that's your power animal. It's the polar bear. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, sweet. Well, that's something to look forward to. Reagan, Art, Becky, what do you guys have on deck? What are you looking forward to? Not even necessarily on deck. What are you most looking forward to uh, for this year? Reagan, why don't you go ahead? All right. Um, well, I was looking forward to Frosty Fat's ass, so that was check. Um, and then uh, recently I am registered for Anchor Down, which I had uh, registered back in 20, and it got um, you know canceled with this thing called COVID. So um, coming back. So um, I'm looking forward to that. What's the anchor down? Uh, it's a um, time race. Um, they have, uh, what is it, Becky? 6, 12, 24. I think that's the distance. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's in Rhode it's, Island. Okay. Yep, in Rhode Island. Looped course. It's beautiful. Um, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful course. Hot. It's in like oh, yeah. Yeah. August. It's really, typically a very hot time of year. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. So that's kind of my big thing here. Is that because most people at some point in that uh, timed race, uh, the wheels really fall off and you're just kind of looking around, you're like, damn, like, I, I feel like I've got the anchor down. Like I am just dragging. <laughs> I mean, that would seem appropriate. That does. That makes that a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. In which case, maybe and if that can work into some sort of hallucination, like, damn it, like I, that anchor. I, 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 somebody, can somebody release that anchor from me? That, that would be. Could you imagine if I just started asking people, like, I don't know why I'm so slow. Please cut this anchor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. Um, and are you doing the, t what, what distance or what time are you going after? 24. The 24. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm and so excited. But now Kim's race, this has me intrigued. Mm, well, it's a good buildup. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah. 100 miler, do it in uh, 23 hours as a precursor to your your 24-hour yeah. effort. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, Art, what you looking forward well, to? I got, um, I got a couple things. I, I got a couple adventures I'm looking to do. Um, last year we did, uh, Becky and I and, uh, Shan Riggs and, um, Josh, his, uh, new wife, his new bride. We did a, uh, just a fun little run where we, uh, parked in Hartford and then we ran to Springfield and then we hopped on the train. So we parked at the train station in Hartford and then ran to Springfield, uh, which was like, that was like 30 and then ran back. And it was just fun. So I, I'd like to do um, a longer train, like a training run um, using, you know, public transportation to, to run somewhere, maybe from New Haven to Springfield or maybe the coast of Connecticut or something like that. Um, that's my, you know, that. And plus, I'm going to go to uh, Wayrianda um, now. I, right. I think I got to go there. Yeah. Um, and then the, the big thing coming up is just uh, on the other side of the uh, the aid station is um, the Cut 112, the uh, Connecticut Ultra Traverse. Um, that registration opens up this weekend for that. And that's, um, that's going to be June uh, 2nd, which is a Friday. It starts on a Friday, um, basically goes from the Massachusetts border um, and then cuts down the center of Connecticut um, and ends at the Long Island Sound. So it's 112 miles of... Uh, you know, trails and, you know, pretty, pretty Torture. rough and tumble Connecticut stuff. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And this year it's going to be a little different because we're going to have, um, uh, usually it's just the, we, we have a couple people running a hundred, the first trail, which is a hundred K 
Uh, but this time I'm opening it up uh, the 50 mile at the end mm. too. So um, we're going to have a couple people running there. And it's basically just a fundraiser for Connecticut Forest and Parks. So, um, you know, looking forward to an unofficial uh, fundraiser. So <laughs> the whole thing's kind of unofficial. So, um, so really looking forward to that. That'll be, I guess it's going to be our seventh year doing this. So, um, wow. you know, from the time that just two of us, uh, you know, did it the first year by ourselves, we got a, a whole bunch of people, you know, who have hopped into it. So. And you not uh, only organize, but you also usually participate, right? Or always participate? Uh, no, it's oh. now it's become, it's too much. I, I've tried it a couple of times and like with a full-time job and, um, you know. But you successfully it, did it a couple of times. I, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, there were just two of us the first year. So I kind of, I guess I directed myself if that's a thing. <laughs> and I won, mind you. No. <laughs> <laughs> And then the next year, you know, the next year we had, um, you know, a bunch of us went and, but most of the time, you know, when the weather's hot, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, you know? So, um, you know, I, I make sure that we don't let, you know, you have to kind of submit a resume to, to do this. And, um, if the weather's nice, it's generous enough cutoffs to be able to finish, you know? Um, but if it's, if it's hot, it's, um, it's challenging for, for everybody. I've had, you know, some, some big names, um, not finish it. So, um, but so uh, really excited for that. So cool. Yay. Becky, what you got? I am actually, well, first, just as a side note, Art was mentioning that we did this run where we ran from the train station in, in Hartford to Springfield and then took the train back. We actually were supposed to take the train to Springfield and run back, but the, the four of us, <laughs> shocking that you could, could possibly imagine this, were literally standing on the platform there. We were there ready and the train pulled up and we just stood there, watched the train. And then right as the doors were going to shut, we're like, is that our train? And then there it went and there went our train and we were like, wow. We just missed our train. I guess we're going to run to Springfield. And so we, we had to switch things up. So, yeah, so we, we literally missed our train when our train was right in front of us. And we were just standing there in our running stuff with our camelbacks, like all ready to go. Wow. For anybody who was just paying attention, they're like, wow, the cut 112. I think I kind of want to do that. Um, and the, the RD is probably all about the logistics. Um, well, maybe not a logistic uh logistical animal actually actually the logistics on the cut 112 are tight this one was not so much but <laughs> but i am excited but I, that I'm actually, actually we doing... no we tried to get on the train but that part of the platform we were on the right track but the platform was elevated and you had to be they only let people in the front of the train and we were walking we were, and there was just but a we were standing we there to. for several minutes no no we, we walked, walked right up. uh no i remember it differently I remember saying we got to run and <laughs> all right. Um, on, but I'm right. also doing, um, and I'm, I'm attempting the cut again. So I'm, I'm excited. Cool. So um, we'll see. I, I attempted it back in, I don't know, the, the second, the second year that I did it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I waved the white flag at around halfway ish kind of point and said, never again, I'm never attempting this again. And then, especially last year after um, just 
some of the people that have finished it and just watching them do it and, and seeing everybody come out for them. I'm like, I'm going to try it again and hopefully, you know, I'll make it and we'll see. But, but I'm very excited. That's so. going to make for a pretty awesome cultural episode after it uh, goes down. <laughs> yeah. It will. It will. Evil Becky will definitely show up. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I will not be crewing for her. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, Geisler, what are you most looking forward to on the year? Any uh, highlights? Well, most of what I'm doing is what I do most years, but that, that Fool's 409 is going to be different. That's mm -hmm. that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to because that's a different kind of a challenge. Yeah. Going across the state like that. Uh stopping in stores to feed yourself uh hoping the weather isn't too horrible so, so that, what state is this that you're running across new york from niagara falls to uh, lake champlain that does uh, sound fascinating it's a first time thing uh there's crude or uncrewed wow. and uh so you'll be going up through lake placid and all the way across and uh and you're i mean if you're on crew you're on your own you got you have to have with you what you need or buy it as you go and that's what you're doing you're going uncrewed oh yeah yeah so therein lies the challenge so I like so, it uh, i love that you're like yeah but crude come on don't waste my time yeah no well there's seven people signed up one crude six uncrewed so far no. so, so john how many do you do you, is there a lot of support on the, on the in those areas, or I, I picture a lot of that being pretty rural? Well, that's what I'm I'm doing. Looking on Google to, to see uh, what kind of stores are along the way, uh, because there there's going to be long stretches with nothing. Yeah, and uh, and especially at night, there's not going to be anything open. Yeah, so you better pack a lunch. You know, have, have you ever pushed a stroller or done anything like it's that? Just I about that. I considered because uh, a la Tony Magnum, uh, what he did when he went around the world running, uh, pushing that. And and I already asked him and he said it's allowed, but uh, but I'm thinking of not doing it that way. Okay. Just if you, because, uh, yeah. Well, I, you'd be able to take too many things. So uh, <laughs> it's got, you got to have the challenge in there. Okay. If you decide to change your mind on that, like if you look at the logistics and say, Hey, that's something I got to do. Let me know. I have one you can borrow. Yeah. That so I have would, a nice uh, school. I got a good yeah, one. I, so. I did consider. I did consider. You know what you should do? This is what yeah. you should do. You should bring the baby jogger, but don't put any food in it. Put a bunch of rocks in it and be like, you know what? I'm oh, bringing this channel. with me. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, what is this putting food in it? I'm still stopping for food and I'm going to add more rocks to it. Yeah. Or, or, or you I can add that sissy person that's got a crew, the one person that'd be up here, you've sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I could uh, sit at the top of the hills and hop in the stroller and ride down the hill. You could. So. No, you really could, couldn't you? Like, maybe you just sit and just kind of keep your feet up and just, you know, if you get too fast, kind of put them down. Hmm. I mean, I guess well, it's cheating, thing, but. The one thing with the stroller is you kind, of, you kind of could lean on it a little bit to take, you know, weight off you. Yeah, so it may be an aid other than just bringing stuff. And you could sleep in it once you took the yeah. rocks out. Oh uh, yeah, some of the world travelers say they uh, they have things that they push that they do sleep in. 
there's a there's a lady Rosa or something or other her name is that travels runs around the world, and uh, the thing she pushes with her gear in it, she climbs into to sleep at night. Oh, that's appealing. <clears throat> you know what? I think that I think that you should do it. I think you should get a double stroller. Put Art and I in there, and we'll have a podcast episode and and record the whole time. We can be talking. Genius, Dad. Are we stopping? It won't even. Be, it won't even be a challenge for us to talk that long either. So no, it won't. Genius. We'll be running so fast just to just to be done with the race to shut us up or to run us off a cliff. As much fun as it sounds, I I don't know if I'll do that though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. I mean, sometimes I mean, the, the hope of that a cruise would be helpful, uh, but this crew actually they sign on for you to just push them. The, the whole yeah, crew. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're both crewed and screwed at the same time. So. Yeah. Yes. Well, they. Uh, yeah, that's actually one of the titles they have: crewed and screwed, or screwed and yeah. unscrewed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's some good stuff coming up. Um, Anything else you guys want to touch on before I go try to uh, catch my wife before she turns out the lights? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I just want to say thanks. I just want to say thanks to Kim for putting on a great event and uh, her whole organization and the the crew that she has around her because it's not just the people who are out there. She has her like inner inner circle people Squatch who counsel. have little name tags with their own Kool Aid and all these great. <laughs> names on the trail and they're all each one of them are like little awesome like children of kim so you know <laughs> her little sass her little uh sass spawns so. <laughs> well i like to call them so, the squatchy council but we could say so. sass spawns i suppose <laughs> but thank you Art. i appreciate that and i'm glad you said that because it is there's incredible incredible people around me and uh, Ian would say this too. It's not a one-person show when you're a race director. You, it, there's so many people that help behind the scenes and before, during, after the race. So that's what makes it really cool. Yay. So Very thank good. you, Ian. Thanks for having us. Yeah. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for being on. Thanks for. I know you guys uh, had your own interview set up. So thanks for letting me uh, pirate it to a certain extent. And for Clement weighing in, tuned into Trails Action. Somehow I'm getting a culture <laughs> podcast uh, instead. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to blend the two. And I apologize if I created more work and you're just like, <laughs> now we got to do this all again, like tomorrow night now. Oh, it's, it's like a, a double bundle. Yeah. Well, seek I have professional help. So, seek professional. <laughs> um, I think we're all beyond that. Uh, <laughs> Um, Try spending like four hours in the car with them. <laughs> well, thank you, Ian, and, and congratulations again on your speedy mile. I'm, thank you, I was very you. super, super impressed by that. I was like, I know him. Yeah. I know him. Thank you. And it'll be great to have you guys all do it uh, uh, next year uh, with me. I'm going to do it in a 454. Except for you, Reggie. You might be 38 and you have to be over 40 to do it. So oh. I don't know if you're invited, but uh, everybody else, you, you can join. Mm. Hey, I also enjoyed listening to John earlier today. That was yes. um, that yes. was priceless. That was such such a refreshing voice in the sport. You know, I mean, just that's and we, uh, John. We, thank you. And we broke was, down the digital barrier uh, here. Um, he successfully navigated this digital world now for coming up on uh, three hours, which 
now that the seal's broken, uh, John, um, they put on the um, Ultra Trail Running podcast uh, based out of uh, Connecticut, and yeah. uh, that they they may come knocking for your next uh, next show. I'm still not going to go out and buy a cell phone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> One, yeah. baby steps, baby steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right on. All right. Well, I appreciate uh, all of you guys and look forward to uh, connecting you with each of you uh, on the next round. So thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. See y'all. Thank you. Bye. All right. So for those who uh, tuned in live, uh, some went the distance. Clement, uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, you going the distance, brother, and the support of the uh, Trails Collective. Uh, for those who may be listening to it after the fact, I really appreciate uh, all of you, to all the guests uh, tonight, as well as uh, who've uh, been on with this long way. I really appreciate it. Um, so I don't know what comes next, uh, next weekend. Uh, I will let you know with a title card. I do want to get a few episodes together with uh, PTs who are also runners. I think it'll be fun to dig into some of the uh, injuries and rehab and exercises and all that coming from uh, the runner space. Um, and I have a couple other... Uh, uh, guests potentially in the hopper uh, that I'd like to tune in with, but uh, we'll see what comes next week when next week comes. So I appreciate you being with us. Thanks for supporting the Trails Collective. And uh, until the next round, see ya. <laughs>